Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michelle, and today we're going to be talking about the full moon in the first decan of Cancer. I hope that you're doing well out there. Happy solstice, winter solstice in the northern hemisphere. Uh, happy Capricorn season, and happy Mercury Kazemi day when Mercury renews itself in the heart of the sun. I hope that you're doing well out there. It's good to see all of you again here in the chat. Took a little bit of a break last week, but feel feel kind of refreshed, feel good, feel ready for a new year and for a new start. Hope that all of you are doing well this holiday season as well. Uh, we are going to go on a journey today where we're going to break down all of the significations of the full moon in the first 10 degrees of Cancer opposite the Capricorn Sun. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Mercury Kazemi. We're going to talk about Jupiter stationing direct. Um, we're going to take the full moon through the rising signs so that you can find out what the full moon has in store for you. And uh, we're going to do an I Ching and an animal of the uh, of the week here as well. So stick around for that. Uh, do me a huge favor. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe. It's always nice to be able to see all of you each week. Uh, if you would also do the algorithm a huge favor and like the video, that also is helpful for the channel. If you want to make a material donation to the work I do here today, there's a dollar sign in the chat. It's called Super Sticker or Super Chat. And I very much appreciate all of your contributions with that. So without further ado, I'm just going to uh, welcome a few of you here today. Um, did you miss me? I missed you. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll get get back into the swing of things here. Carol from Mass is here. It says happy long December. Nice to see you, Carol. Hope you're doing well. Trip Wilder the first says happy solstice to all. Welcome, my friend. You Uranus ascending says hi from the Chicago burbs. Ooh, that is a place where I spent some time. I had some family in Naperville for a long time, and I was born in Oak Park, Illinois. So that is another um, interesting connection. So welcome, friend. Creating Harmony, Khadija is here. Nice to see you, friend. How are you doing down there? I believe in sunny Louisiana. Is that is that right, Khadija? Hope you're staying, you know, cool down there, I guess. Is it still hot down there? We'll see. Mary A is here. It says aloha, greetings from Honolulu. Ooh, that's a nice place to be this time of year, but that's fun. So hope you're uh, having a good time over there, Mary. Uh, yes, Khadija says from South Louisiana. Well, nice to see you, friend. And uh, that's a place I'd like to visit at some point in the uh, in the future. It seems like there's just a lot of cool energy going on down there. Michelle is here. It says happy solstice, everyone. Happy solstice. KP1231 says, hi, Spencer and everyone from Cleveland. So happy to finally catch you live. Oh, I'm glad that you're here today. KP1231. And, and you know, friends, if you are stopping in and you have a question about the full moon and cancer, or if you have like a chart question or something like that, you can throw it in there. We're trying to stay a little bit focused on the, the full moon and the Mercury Kazemi and things of that nature. But I'm always happy to answer technical questions about astrology or if there's something that's stumping you. But it's just great to have all of you here today. Cheers to you. And if you're not familiar, the solstice is a very powerful time of year where we celebrate the return of the light, where the days in the northern hemisphere start to get longer uh, once again, where they start to increase in duration rather than decrease. So it's, it's a little spark. It's a little spark of light. It's a little spark of like something stirring. It's still winter. We're still resting, but we can feel the energy starting to come back. And that's an exciting time. And having a Mercury Kazemi 
uh, on the solstice is extremely powerful. It's zero degrees of Capricorn. So we may be making some really important new starts today. We may be trying to figure out what our resources are and how to properly allocate them moving forward. Uh, a lot of people are doing end of the year things with like their businesses and things of that nature and looking back at what was successful in the past year and what they want to do moving forward. So we'll talk about all of that this year. And uh, yeah, this is a this is a, an exciting time of year. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up the chart and just show you right off the bat what we're dealing with with the full moon. And then I'm going to show you some of the slides for my Cancer and Capricorn Deccans webinar. Right now, that you can get 20% off the Capricorn Deccans webinar. Um, there are still a few more days left in the Sagittarius Deccans sale. No, oh, never mind. <laughs> Check that. Sagittarius season's over. If you really want to get 20% off, you can get it before I change it today. Uh, but yes, check out Capricorn Web Webinar Deccans. Um, it is basically a consolidation of all of my knowledge around the Deccans up to that point when I did the, did the talk. We talked tarot, we talked mythology, we talked about the planets, uh, we talked about each 10 degree section of the zodiac, which can help give you a lot more specificity when you're looking at how those planetary placements will affect you in your own life and your own chart. And we had some nice discussions with people who attended live as well. So check that out. That's on my website, spencermichaud.com. I also want you to, uh, to get a heads up that my lovely partner, Tanya Andrews, is going to be having a 25% off sale at Third Coast Mojo if you're in need of magical remediation. She has some pretty cool stuff for the season over there, some new soaps and things of that nature. So check that out as well. I believe you'll get a free gift for the holiday season if you order before Christmas as well. Okay, so let's take a look at this chart. What do you say? I think I could share this week. We had some technical difficulties last week or two weeks ago, but things are looking up. Things are looking up here. We're going to have Hermes is helping us out this week and it's feeling good in that heart of the sun, right? Okay, friends. So we're looking at the full moon and I'm just going to give you a general overview of the astrology we're experiencing here. So in this chart, which is dated for December the 26th, 2023, 7.33 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from my personal location of Ypsilanti, Michigan, but make the proper adjustment for your location. You can see that the sun is going to be at four degrees of Capricorn and in a direct opposition with the moon in four degrees of Cancer. So we're starting a new season. Uh, we have the sun being hosted uh, in Capricorn by Saturn now instead of Jupiter. So in Hellenistic astrology, we look at the relationship between where the planet is visiting the house, in this case Capricorn, and the planet that is the, the ruler of that house or the host of that house. Think of it like sun, the sun is having an extended stay in the hotel that's run by Saturn or the cave, if you, want, if you have a Saturnian uh, spin on it. Maybe there's like a, a fancy, fancy hotel that's built into the side of a mountain. That would be appropriate. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to look to Saturn to see what type of materials the sun has to work with. And we're going to look at the aspects between those planets. And in this case, the sun is hosted by Saturn in Pisces. Okay, so this is where we are looking at. Um, here is the sun right here in Capricorn. And its host, Saturn, 
is in, okay, right here, is in Pisces 1. Saturn is in Pisces 1. So what kind of things are we going to be thinking about with the Sun and Saturn? Well, the first decan of Capricorn really helps us to explore what we want to do next with our material resources. It's, it's the very beginning of an earthly process. So think about how you can uh, talk about what resources you have, uh, money, material resources, uh, things that you own, uh, but also the resources that you have that are communal, like friendships, relationships, all of those things can be uh, useful in trying to achieve certain goals. So we're, we're trying to think about where we're going. We're trying to, there's no leaves on the trees anymore. We can have a long range vision, things of that nature. So what we're going to do is we're going to look to Saturn to what kind of, what kind of things is, is Saturn encouraging us to think about? Now, in this case, Saturn is in the first decan of Pisces, which really is about getting clear about these structures and narratives that are underneath the surface like the collective unconscious, or if you want an earthy metaphor, like the mycelium network that supports the fruiting body uh, of, of our life. The mushroom of our life is the events that we experience in our life. But there's always stuff behind the surface that is supporting or blocking our manifestation energy. So one of the things that we're trying to get clear about with Saturn in Pisces is what is realistic uh, for our dreams? what needs to be returned to the earth which of those dreams need to be returned to the earth that's important too not every dream needs to live uh, in the physical world sometimes they just stay dreams and that's okay uh, we have to have a lot of different dreams and spread our seeds in a lot of different directions for things to take not every seed becomes uh, a, a, a mature plant so we're also getting very clear on the stories and narratives and mythologies that hold the fabric of our life together so when we look at this full moon, we're probably having a big spotlight with the sun on our material circumstances. Uh, we may be also thinking about a location or some kind of change. The cardinal signs are turning of seasons and they do represent change. They're ushering in a new energy. So it's the beginning of winter and the first decan of Capricorn has a specific name in relationship to the tarot decan called it's the Lord of Change. So this one is very particularly associated with uh, movement, with shifting of circumstances. You can see the two of pentacles here where someone is holding two discs and there is a figure eight, or I believe it's called a lemnisket, uh, or anemola, I believe that's how you pronounce it. it and it's, and it's, a, it's an infinity symbol. But it, what it does is it mirrors the path of the sun over the course of a full solar year. If you took one picture every single day of the sun at the same position, you would see that the sun creates this figure eight pattern. And we're at one of these turning points, okay, where, where there's a, a directional shift, a reversal. So you may find yourself thinking about changes in fortune right now. How can you change your fortunes? How can you become active and use the resources that are available to you to change your fortunes? Um, we are also seeing in this full moon a very nice trine from the sun, okay, 
from the sun to Jupiter. And Jupiter is about to station direct. It's been retrograde for a few months since September. And it is going to start moving forward in the Decan of Taurus that is related to plowing the fields of our life, of making plans to be able to create abundance. Planning is really important in that Decan, okay? So we may be able to start taking action. I think Jupiter, to me, represents the actions that can bring us good fortune. It's the active principle where we can create honor, merit, bounty in our life, where, where I tend to view uh, Venus as a more receptive good fortune, where we just have to allow things to come to us and be open to receive them. But to me, Jupiter is some of the actions that we take. So where we will be thinking about how to plan for our future abundance once Jupiter stations direct in Taurus. Okay, so we, we have the sun making a very harmonious relationship and having a very harmonious conversation on this full moon with Jupiter that's about to station direct four days after the full moon. There's also a harmonious relationship between the moon and Jupiter, okay? So there's a sextile happening from the moon to Jupiter too. So it's like we're, we're getting that light carried from the opposition to Jupiter. This is, I believe, in, in Renaissance astrology, they call this a, like a transference of light, where the moon collects the light of the sun here, the awareness of where we might want to grow in the future, and then we're able to transfer it to Jupiter to take action on the plans that we want to make. Um, I'm really not seeing anything in this chart that I would be super... Um, cautious about as far as blockages would go. We've got a sextile between the sun and its host. We've got the moon in its own domicile. We've got positive trines from the sun to Jupiter. We have positive sextiles from the moon to Jupiter. These are all really positive things in my estimation. The only challenges that we may have in this particular chart moving forward is that shortly after the Kazemi today, where Mercury is still in Capricorn, Mercury is going to retrograde back into the sign of Sagittarius and the final degrees of Sagittarius, which uh, can be challenging for Mercury. Mercury in Sagittarius is said to be in its exile, and that is where Mercury is trying to utilize the resources of Jupiter, which where Jupiter likes to take action with certainty, Mercury is a planet that likes to ask questions. It likes to cast doubt on things. So there might be some reconsiderations that we have at this full moon. There might be some things where we need to redo something. Uh, we may be able to revisit some of the burdens that we were questioning previously. Uh, this will also be coinciding with Mercury making a square to Neptune, while Mars also squares Neptune. Okay, So there may be some some confusing communications. There could be some fogginess around what our responsibilities actually are and the types of goals and hopes and dreams that we want to achieve. And what I will say with that is just take your time. When we move into the Saturn-ruled seasons, Capricorn and Aquarius, movement isn't necessarily fast 
we had all that speedy movement in Sagittarius so we could get something done. So we could get the previous year completed. There was this feeling of like trying to get to the finish line. But when we get to these Saturn ruled signs, now everything slows down. Now we say we have to, to, to work one step at a time to build something that is going to last, where we're going to have longevity. We're not here to do uh, frivolous things necessarily when we're in the Saturn ruled seasons. Uh, whims become less important and building for the long haul becomes more in alignment with the season and the time and the energy. So it, even if you're a little bit confused with Mercury during this full moon and the, the conjunction with Mars that it's kind of heading into squaring Neptune, just take your time with it. Try to ask questions and get clear about what you really want. Um, you're going to get some answers when Jupiter stations direct in Taurus as well. Um, the other things that I would say over the big picture with this particular lunation is that we have a few planets out of bounds. So the moon will be out of bounds and Mars will be out of bounds. Now, this is a condition from traditional astrology where a planet is moving outside its normal pathway in relationship to what is called declination, how, how high or low it is apart from the ecliptic or the, the, the path of the sun over the course of a solar year. So the sun only rises to a certain point and then it reverses direction again. So we are at the point where the sun is in the northern hemisphere at, at the very bottom uh, of the horizon, like at noon in relationship to the rest of the year. And it's starting to climb up again. At noon, it'll be a little bit higher each day. And that is a uh, position where declination, it's measured in degrees, 23 degrees, and I believe 36 minutes is the declination of the extremes of, of the sun. And when a planet goes outside of those boundaries, it's said to be out of bounds. Now, Philosophically, we could see, call the, the sun a, a, a royal figure, a king, right? And in the ancient system, they would think that the planet would be outside of the rule of the king. Now, we can update that for our modern sensibilities, but really what I see that as is the planet is operating outside of normal social expectations. Now, that can be for better or for worse. Sometimes when a planet is operating outside of the, the rules of normal social norms, it can make for difficult conversations or difficult energy. We just had Mercury out of bounds in the past few weeks. Uh, it went back in bounds on December 14th. So we may have been having some conversations that were outside the norm. We may have been expressing ourselves in ways that we weren't used to doing. I know I had a few conversations that got a little bit heated through honesty, through bluntness, uh, where normally I have uh, an ability, I think, to maybe smooth over um, my delivery. Like I had a few situations where just my, my deepest feelings just kind of came out without any filter. And th there was some fallout from that. And I've, I had to like kind of work through that, um, as maybe some of you may have had to as well with Mercury out of bounds moving through Sagittarius. Now, the thing to keep in mind with this particular lunation is the moon's going to be out of bounds, which means that we may, our bodies may not be feeling normal like we would, right? 
We may be feeling a little bit extra feelings. We may be pushing our bodies a little bit too far. We've got the moon in a decan of cancer that is associated with nurturing and with feeling an attraction to some kind of new ideal or something emotional that we love. There's, there is a, an association with that Deccan and with the two of cups where you see two figures that are meeting and exchanging cups, exchanging energy. So we may have to consider our relationships and how we exchange with one another. And if that is fitting into our bigger blueprint that we want to build from that is represented by Saturn and with the Capricorn energy. So the other planet that's out of bounds during this full moon is going to be Mars. Now Mars goes out of bounds on December the 24th. We've got two days. All right. This is, I believe, Sunday. Mars is going to go out of bounds. Now that could be a little bit stickier. Mars out of bounds could allow us to do some things and take some risks that we might not normally take, again, for better or for worse. Uh, maybe we will push ourselves to do something that we never would have considered when Mars was in bounds. We also have to be careful of pushing ourselves too hard. I'm thinking of like someone who's going into the weight room and they've, they're trying to beat a personal best and they, they, they lift something so heavy that they, I don't know, slip a disc or pull a muscle or something. So you have to be careful about that. It also could be applied to the way that we uh, engage in conflicts with others. So just like our Mercury out of bounds can cause us to communicate in ways that, that may not be uh, within the norm, Mars out of bounds could cause us to, to have conflicts and to fight in ways that we might not normally be used to or to compete in ways that we might not normally be used to. And we really do have to be careful with that. That can, conflicts can escalate really quickly with Mars out of bounds and especially with Mercury hanging out there too. We may be making declarative statements rather than asking questions, which can give us the perspective needed from another party. Okay, Mercury is great for getting someone else's side of the story and communicating your own side. Sometimes when we have Mercury, especially in the third decade of Sagittarius, we may be very fixated on one particular way of doing something that is in alignment with a very deeply ingrained, uh, almost Saturnian belief. And I say that because that particular Deccan is, is ruled by Saturn. Okay. So it may be something that's very crystallized. That's very like, oh, it's, it's hard to move off of that position. So be careful of that at this full moon too. Uh, you may be trying to make plans for the future, but you are very concerned about how you give and receive nurturing. And you may be feeling the weight of your responsibilities with Mars and Mercury in the third decan of Sagittarius. This is one of the reasons I shifted gears a little bit last week. Um, I had planned to start a new series last week, uh, bringing on a guest to talk about uh, charts together uh, in relationship to like artists, musicians, um, entertainers, like just interesting charts where, where myself and, and another person would get excited about the chart that we were looking at. And I just, just didn't have the juice to, to do a new thing at the end of a solar year. Um, 
I hope to revisit that. Uh, I really enjoy working with my friend Hannah Kuhari, who is going to be my first guest. You should check her out if you haven't already. She's a wonderful astrologer and a great friend. And, um, you know, Mercury, Mercury retrograde kind of got me. It says, yeah, maybe slow down. Maybe, maybe take something off your plate. Uh, because as I was getting into it, I was realizing that my own standard, which most of you probably know by now is fairly high. I wasn't able to meet that standard uh, in the time that I had. I realized that it was another research project, not just a, uh, not just having a guest on to talk about something. I wanted to do it uh, correctly, and in, in whatever correctly means to each of us, right? Um, so one of the things I've been telling people around Sagittarius 3 season is to delegate or to release some of your obligations. And I hope that all of you were able to do that during this Sagittarius season. Now, we may be able to revisit some of those heavy burdens that we are carrying with Mercury retrograding here. Uh, so, so that's something to keep in mind with this full moon, too, is we may be revisiting responsibilities. We may be revisiting something that we thought maybe was completed, uh, that we need to go back and, and finish off some, tie up some loose ends. Okay, And we may have to make a a passionate um, effort to do so. That decan of Sagittarius, where Mercury and Mars are going to be in this full moon, are related to just these, these uh, you know, really pushing yourself to the very limits of your physical capabilities. So Jennifer, we're talking about the 10 of wands in relationship to Mercury and Mars in the third 10 degree section of Sagittarius as a part of this full moon chart. And it's square to Neptune, which could bring some confusion about how far we should push ourselves, or maybe we're not feeling like pushing ourselves anymore, and that's okay too. Uh, I think that one of the greatest maturation processes in the world is figuring out what we are and are not capable of at various times and releasing the shame about, <laughs> about that if we're, if we're not you know, doing everything that we think we should be. Um, one thing that I think is super important to remember, especially when we're living in Western civilization and in the throes of late stage capitalism, is that uh, we don't really know how to rest very well. We measure things in growth over the course of the entire year. And if we try to connect more acutely with nature, which astrology asks us to do, we have to see that there are seasons where things lie fallow, where the ground is still, where we are returning things to the earth and allowing a process of decay. And I, for me, these winter months, it's contemplative. It is slower, much slower. It's reflective. And if you give yourself that time, when the time comes again to make big pushes or for growth and expansion, you will have refilled the well. If you don't give yourself that time, it becomes very difficult to create something fertile in the future. Okay. All right. Um, just checking through the chat here. Nice to see all of you. Jennifer is here. Uh, yeah, Jennifer, we're talking about the different planets within the chart of the full moon. 
in cancer on the 26th and what kind of themes we might be experiencing with that moving forward. Okay, so hopefully that gives you an overview of the full moon, okay? If I were to give a kind of a big takeaway, we're trying to hold the opposite energies of trying to understand where we want to build our next structures in our life, whether they're physical, emotional, uh, spiritual, etc. We're trying to weigh the pros and cons of which place we might want to put roots down in against the Deccan that the moon is in, which is related to how we give and receive love, nurturing, the powers of attraction, fertility. I wouldn't necessarily consider Saturn a fertile sign. It's kind of the opposite of that, right? It is something where the energy in the Northern Hemisphere is difficult. Food is scarce. Like you have to be tough to survive during Capricorn season if you're out in nature. So we may be having to balance out uh, our resiliency and our toughness with the ways that we show up in vulnerable emotional spaces as well. Okay. What's up, Kate? Nice to see you. So I'm going to stop my share here. And if there's any other things that are going on that, that are popping up for you, I guess the other thing I can see in this chart is that there's a trine that has just perfected between Venus and Neptune as well. Uh, and Venus is in the last degrees of Scorpio, which does have decanic dignity. That is a Venus ruled face. Although what I will say about that Deccan is it's related to the Seven of Cups. So we may have a tendency to glamorize things from the past or forms that actually we need to let go of. So be careful around this full moon as well when we have the trine from Venus to Neptune about overly getting attached to something that you loved in the past but really now needs to be let go of, okay? Important to do so. Devin Malone is here. Nice to see you, Devin. Hi, Spencer. Been meditating on the Cancer full moon. How it's one of the strongest lunations in dignity each year during the longest nights. Ooh, yes, I like that. Yeah, it's 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 powerful having the moon in its own sign, right? There there is there is a, a fertile aspect to this lunation, even in the the challenging period of winter and the beginning of winter where resources may be scarce in nature. We this is a little moment where we can kind of take stock and maybe appreciate some of the things that we do have too. All right. Khadija says that she is going to do a big declutter and organizational moment through this Mercury retrograde period. Oh, that's a great way to use that energy, Khadija. I, I think that anytime we can release things that don't serve us anymore, um, we're opening up space for the things that are a reflection of who we are now rather than who we are in the who we were in the past. And this is something that I've really tried to do more as I get older and I have a Taurus moon, so I tend to collect things, and things tend to collect around me. Um, you know, kind of the Taurus energy is, yeah, <laughs> change is something that isn't always the easiest for folks that have major Taurus placements. So sometimes, like, see if you relate to this, if you have some Taurus energy, is you'll put something somewhere, and it may not be where it goes, but it's not bothering you, so it just stays there, and it stays there for, like, months 
for years. <laughs> like, uh, so there could be a time where you're like, that's not really where that goes. Then this, this Mercury period could be a great time to say, oh, let's move this and move it to where it really needs to go. Even if where it needs to go is, you know, donated somewhere or something like that, right? So yes, I, I'm a big fan of decluttering and organizational things during, especially during Mercury retrograde periods. Uh, Khadija says, my mission statement is making space and structure to achieve my goals. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Having a purpose in mind, right? Jennifer says, so true. T trying to take care of my parents, but can't if I'm burnt out. So I have to let some things go. Exactly. That's the other thing. Letting go of burdens, right? Some of our burdens we've taken on are other people's burdens and we need to return them to them sometimes. And for their own good too, that sometimes we are helping people to learn how to stand on their own two feet. I'm, I'm definitely someone who appreciates being helpful to someone else. So I wouldn't say it from not being kind or not being helpful, but if we've taken on too much to the point where we can't take care of ourselves, that's when we know we've, we've, over, uh, we've overdone it. And it's really, really hard to be helpful to others when you yourself don't feel at your best and don't feel like you have anything left in the tank. This was one of the reasons like I, I took a week off. That was probably the, maybe the second or third week off in two years from the live stream that I took. And um, <laughs> it's, it's tough because you want to show up for your, your community and you want to be helpful. But at the same time, we all need rest. Uh, could you says my second house Venus loves to collect things so very much feeling your Taurus moon stuff yes hear that Khadija uh, so this might be a great time to reevaluate some of those things too okay friends so what I'm going to do uh, first of all I'm going to take a little stretch uh, I think it's important to take care of your body uh, one of the things that is associated with Capricorn are the uh, the deities Asclepius and Hygieia, the, the, the celestial doctor who could raise things from the dead. So when we are dealing with Capricorn 1, the thing that's being resurrected is the sun. So the day and the light is returning. The light is resurrected. So we also can think about how we are taking care of our physical vehicles. So to be able to do the hard work that is necessary to achieve our goals, we have to make sure that the vehicle that our spirit is housed in is healthy. So this is a great time. This is, this is why people make these New Year's resolutions, that they start exercise programs and they make their goals. And they're like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set limitations. It's not just about goals in Capricorn. It's about how do you work within the limits that you've set for yourself. Maybe during Sagittarius season, you had the expanse of Jupiter. You had the expansiveness of Zeus, where we may have overindulged in Thanksgiving or something like that. And then we come to the reality check uh, during Saturn season, and we start to set those healthy boundaries for ourselves. Boundaries aren't a bad thing. Boundaries are a good thing. Um, we live in this physical dimension. It doesn't mean we're not something else, too, that we're not spirits or whatnot. But we do have certain rules of incarnation that when we learn how to navigate them with grace, uh, we can reduce our suffering on some level as well, or the suffering of others. So one of the things that I really enjoy learning about is the, the rules of incarnation. 
And I try to learn them, I try to share them, try to teach them, I try to follow them with various degrees of success. So the main point being is take care of your physical vehicle during these times too, especially when the sun is very weak. The sun was a representation of vitality. So you may need to, to put in some extra effort to get some sun. I, I know for me, I have a sun lamp. So whenever I eat my lunch, I flip that sun lamp up on and I'm getting 20 to 30 minutes of, of vitamin D in my body. I supplement with vitamin D too, but you know, ask your doctor, this isn't medical advice, but there are ways to get sunshine. Get, get out and uh, go for a walk during the middle of the day if you can. Um, a little bit goes a long way. So how can you take care of your physical vehicle? Okay, KP says, two degrees Saturn and Taurus in the sixth house, hate changes in work or daily routine. Oh, so this might be a great time to uh, make new plans with Jupiter stationing direct in your sixth house on December the 30th. Kate says, side note, kind of love that our astrological friend Hermes is Kazemi since I've missed the lives and finding my way back today. Just remembered uh, me having excuse me, the ear of the king, or for me, having the ear of the cosmos. Yes, this is a very fortuitous day to be doing a live stream. I, my brain feels like it's working well today, and the thoughts that are coming into my mind seem to be uh, delivered to my mouth fairly gracefully, which I think is nice. And I think that there's uh, some great new starts that we can make today. So do me a favor, friends, if you're enjoying this live stream, if you're not subscribed already, please do so. Turn on the notification bell if you need to know when we're going live again. Uh, please like the video. That can help get our message out to more people. Um, if you are someone who has an email address, which most of us do, sign up for my email list to know when I'm going live and to get updates on my classes, offerings, and updates from Third Coast Mojo. Uh, my partner, Tanya Andrews, has uh, a newsletter of her own, so please go support her as well and check out her sale, 25% off all the things in her store, and a free gift if you purchase two or more offerings. Okay, I'm going to start by showing you the Deccan slides for Capricorn, and then I'll show you the ones for Cancer, and then we will take it through the, the signs, through the rising signs. So this is a slide from my talk that I did a few months ago on the Deccans of Cancer, Capricorn. I believe this might have been a year ago at this point, um, which you can find for sale at my website, spencermichaud.com. And we are, again, I've talked about some of these themes to this point, but this is good just to review and to show us some of the kind of themes for reflection. So we have Book T calling it the Lord of Harmonious Change, and the Book of Toth calls it the Lord of Change. We've touched on that a little bit. We could see a change in circumstance. Austin Coppock calls it a headless body in 36 uh, faces. And he, he describes the body uh, or the spirit in descending into matter, into a body, incarnating into a body. So there are themes around that as well. Uh, so return of the light, descent of spirit into matter. Uh, Chokmah in Asya, which is a, uh, the, related to the, the, the Kabbalistic tree of life, um, Chokmah is a flash of awareness, so we may have a flash of material insight since we're in an earth sign. So an idea about what we could do to move ourselves forward in this material world. We may also be contemplating a change of location. I've had many clients with Capricorn 1 placements that often have to move 
or have had major moves in their life or uh, are very good at assessing the genus loci, the spirit of a place, the protective spirit of a place. Each place has its own kind of energy. And with Capricorn 1, we may be assessing the energy of that particular place. We're also trying to get clear about the laws of the land. Each place has different ways to, to move through it gracefully. And um, when we understand the structures that we are working within, it can be a lot easier to be successful within them. We're also looking forward and backwards. We're reflecting on the year that we just lived and looking forward to the, the life that we want to create in the year ahead. So questions you can ask yourself, where are you going? Where have you been? What is being set in motion? It's a powerful, powerful new time to set things in motion. Um, before I got on the, the call today with all of you, I had a nice conversation with a with a salesperson at a tech company where I was um, upgrading some of my technological things for the, for the year ahead. And um, so this is a great time to assess what, what kind of resources do you need to be able to move forward with your life, right? What kind of things are you gonna set in motion? What tools do you need to be able to do the work that you need to do? So where is the best place to build your structures and allocate those resources? What are the laws of this new land? Is your vision sound or is your focus too narrow? Sometimes we have to expand our focus to be able to see where we want to go successfully. And then finally, how can you inhabit this body in order to redeem or heal it? There, there's where the daimon, Asclepius, comes in, the healer. Uh, we may need to have a rebirth of our own physical energy as well. I know for me, I'm, I'm kind of getting motivated to do some more physical exercise. I, I go for walks. That's my main exercise. I'm not like a gym rat or things of that nature. Although, as I get into my 40s, um, lifting heavy things can actually probably be good for you to, you know, uh, help you to maintain muscle mass and bone density and all those things. So I might have to start doing that at some point. It's never been like a huge fan of like pain, I guess. <laughs> but I do love walking and I do love nature. I walk anywhere between two and five miles each day. Um, which I think really does help with my mental health and my physical health. Um, I did, I did, you know, one of the other things that last week happened, but right before I might have been scheduled to do this live stream, I, I, I took a nasty spill on my parking, in my parking lot. I was doing some laundry and going back and forth and I, I slipped on my boots just to go downstairs. My, my laundry is uh, in the basement where you have to go outside and go downstairs and it's like in a, you know, Michigan cellar basement. And I had gone back and forth like six or seven times doing multiple loads of laundry. And I, and the final time I was like, I'm not going to tie my boots, <laughs> just slipped them on. And the laces got caught in one of those little eyelets. And I just ate it on the pavement, like pretty bad. Uh, I was very, very fortunate to catch myself with the palm of my hand and only have a, I have a pretty nasty, uh, scrape on my hand but i didn't really hurt my wrist um or anything like that i didn't thankfully didn't hurt my my head or or my you know i didn't break anything or anything like that so feeling very fortunate at that but it makes you really appreciate your body and the functionality of it every time i sustain any type of injury I, it, it gives me a newfound appreciation for that part of my body like with this you know with cutting my hand open like that I had to do a lot of things one-handed, so I was starting to appreciate both of my hands and having two functional hands. There's nothing like losing the functionality in something in your body to help you just find some gratitude for that. 
So the big point about that is that take care of your body. Try to do the best that you can with the vehicle that you have. We can't always avoid accidents. I mean, I probably could have avoided my nasty spill by tying my shoes. <laughs> but, but, but at the same time, sometimes, sometimes these things just happen. Sometimes we just slip on something and it wasn't really anybody's fault. And we sustain an injury or we have an illness. And it's not something to beat yourself up over. But I think it's uh, really important to really take care of our health as much as we are able to. Okay. KP says, hold on a second. Let me just look through the chat here. Just checking in with you. Uh, Jennifer says, when you have time to take care of yourself, you have new things to talk about too. Yes, exactly, Jennifer. Yes. I've had a couple weeks since we've chatted and there's been things that have been happening. Uh, KP1231 says, finding exercise you somewhat enjoy is the secret. Otherwise, you'll never do it. That's true. Walking in nature serves the body and soul. I agree. I agree, friend. Um, I really enjoy just seeing the plants and the animals, being outside. I don't really enjoy the gym. I, I mean, I, I enjoy playing games. I loved playing basketball and um, hockey and baseball when I was younger. Um, I don't do as much of that anymore because I, I was starting to sustain injuries. Like I, I would play like softball in a men's league or pick up basketball games. And I, I messed my knee up pretty bad playing pickup basketball, like I tore my ACL. Um, and I was starting to get shoulder injuries playing baseball because I am pretty competitive. <laughs> it's hard to turn it off when you're, you know, you, your brain is still like the competitive nature of an 18 year old, but your body's like, Oof, can't do that, buddy. You better slow down a little bit. And uh, I, I was having challenges doing that. So yes, finding things that you love and that you will be able to do actively, I think is important. Um, I was taking a walk the other day and I was seeing some folks playing some pickup hockey games at an outdoor ice arena. And that looked like a lot of fun, had a lot of memories of playing hockey. Um, so yes, whatever you can do, walking is great. Uh, if you can do push-ups or sit-ups or, you know, do some stairs, whatever it is, whatever it is that'll help you out. So what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to show you very briefly the decans of cancer so you can get some, an idea of what the, where the moon is okay so we looked at where the sun was in this particular lunation the full moon now we're going to take a look at where the moon is so we're trying to balance these two energies okay so here we have the two of cups being associated with this particular 10 degree section and we see in the in the book of t and the book of toth call this the lord of love Okay, where we are having a flash of emotional awareness. Remember this, this is still Hokmah. All of the twos are associated with the Sephira called Hokmah in the Kabbalistic tree of life. So we're having a flash of emotional awareness rather than material awareness. Austin Coppock calls it mother and child, the exchange that happens between two people that love each other. And we have a daimon called Nike, which is related to victory. And Nike was, a, I believe, a charioteer. So it is also related to the chariot that is our body. So we have to take care of our bodies if we want to achieve victory, correct? Yes. Okay. So some of the things that we may be experiencing in this moon ruled decan. Oh, I'm sorry, Venus. This is a Venus ruled decan, sorry. So we have Jupiter ruling Capricorn 1. Okay, so that is a, a little bit of an awkward place for Jupiter being in its uh, in its fall, 
in Capricorn. So we're actually trying to expand, but we're trying to expand within limitations of Saturn. Okay, so that, does that make sense? And with Cancer 1, we have Venus ruled Deccan in a moon ruled sign. So we're thinking about what we love related to the moon, what we love related to our bodies, physical attraction, what we love as far as what we need to feel nurtured. Okay, there is an attraction energy in Cancer 1 also. So nurturing and maternal care, union of body and spirit, emotional awareness of an other, right? Some, we might be thinking about, oh, we really love this person or this, this thing or this thing that just incites feelings of love within us. So romance is associated with Cancer 1, falling in love. And it doesn't have to be with a person either. You could fall in love with an idea. You could fall in love with a goal that you have set for yourself. Appreciating beauty in others, that's important with this too. Uh, and harmonious relationships with Cancer 1. So questions we could reflect. Uh, what do you need to feel nurtured? What do you need to feel supported? Okay, is it, a, is it an ineffable thing? Is it emotional? Is it physical? What are, what's your love language, I guess, would be something to ask yourself. How can you offer your support in a balanced way? Sometimes when we have benefic planets in this deck and we are uh, able to receive nurturing and give it in a healthy fashion. My partner Tanya has Jupiter in this deck and exalted, and she's amazing at giving support to people in her life. If you have a malefic planet in this in this decan, there may be challenges getting the nurturing that you desire. Like if you have Mars in this decan, there could be some conflict around it. Or if Saturn is in this decan, you may have been denied some of the maternal affection that could have been uh, available to you in this decan potentially. And you might have to grow into it as you mature. You may have to grow into your ability to be nurturing or to receive nurturing and allow yourself to receive nurturing. Okay, so there's, there's different ways that planets act in the decans. Think about those malefics in a specific decan as like some challenges around that, okay? And where the, the benefic planets in those decans, maybe there's harmonious experiences related to this particular topic. So I love about the decans. It gives us more focused language to look at what the planets might be trying to work through when they are going through this area of the zodiac. So what new passion is attracting your interest? How can you harmonize your relationships? Is the pairing mutually beneficial? This could be something where you're having conversations about how you take care of each other in a relationship, okay? Sometimes there's imbalances in relationships. They're not always 50-50 in every single area, and that's okay. But it's okay when there is an understanding between the two people. If there are things that are unspoken, if you haven't communicated well, uh, sometimes there can be simmering resentments that can come up around the inequality in a relationship. Sometimes relationship responsibilities shift. Sometimes someone's carrying the weight in one area of the, the life and someone's carrying the weight in a completely different area of life. And sometimes those responsibilities need to or do shift just by how life goes. If one partner has a, a physical challenge, that, that, that is the type of thing where automatically the, the power dynamic can shift. Uh, and, you know, when you commit to a relationship, you have that kind of sickness and in health, for good or for worse, you know, type of energy. And um, I think the key is communicating and having an understanding. It's not about having to have completely tit-for-tat equality within a relationship. It's about everybody knowing what they need at that moment to thrive 
and having an understanding between you and the other person. And if you need more support, this is a great time to ask for it. If you want to give more support, if you have more love to give, because your, your cup overfloweth, this would be a good time to offer more, okay? So there's many different ways we can manifest. Um, and then finally, how can you infuse essence into a body, right? So, so this is another opportunity where cancer is really about nurturing the spirit in a body, the moon, into maturation. So one of cancer's super secret superpowers, I don't know how secret it is, but one of their superpowers, myself included, is being able to nurture something to maturity, whether it's a project or a person, a client, uh, a plant, an animal. Uh, Cancerian energy, when it is balanced, when it is healthy, is awesome at protecting something so it can grow to its highest potential. Now, there are different ways where it can get unbalanced. If you, you're overprotective or you're overly involved in someone's life, that can be suffocating. Okay, this is the, the downside of Cancerian energy. But at its highest, Cancer is, is, a, is a supportive, fertile energy. So how can we bring our goals and our structures to maturation? And what resources do we need emotionally as well as physically because if you're just setting yourself physical goals or material goals eventually those will ring hollow and you it's like getting to the top of the mountain but getting there alone right uh, one of the things that has been tough for me personally as a cancerian person in a sometimes what feels like a capricorn type of society even though we in america we live in a cancerian country is it's tough for me sometimes to to do the kind of ruthlessness that is sometimes necessary to advance in life materially and i find it very distasteful and um it's it's put a little bit of a cap on the ceiling of how how far i advance in society sometimes um but it's a value that i have is i would rather get to a smaller peak with my friends rather than the top of the mountain with nobody. And I think that that is something to consider along this season as well. It doesn't mean we don't aspire towards greatness. It absolutely doesn't mean, you know, settling for mediocrity. But it is about thinking about what are your values while you are making your ascent? What, how do you maintain your kindness, your nurturing, your... Uh, ability to create harmony while you are, you know, climbing the mountain. Okay. Like what's your, what's your Lambus bread, I guess, while you're trying to get to Mount Doom? Who's your Samwise Gamgee if you're Frodo trying to take the ring uh, to the volcano, which is, seems like a very Capricorn type journey. I believe Tolkien was a Capricorn, uh, but he had some Cancerian support, right? So if we're using some metaphor like that, you need, you need a buddy. You need somebody who's that emotional, loyal support if you're going to do something like that. And you can be that for others as well. So another thing to think about as we're trying to balance these two energies. Okay. I'm just going to welcome some more friends here. Steven, the Jupiterian is here. Nice to see you, Steven. Hello, friends from San Francisco. 
uh, full moon occurring in his eighth house. Oh, that's cool. So maybe getting some clarity around your resources versus the resources of another. Tarya T says, hello from Helsinki, Finland. Nice to see you, Tarya T. Hope you are doing well. The full moon is conjunct my ascendant. Six degrees cancer and opposite my natal moon. Oh my goodness, Tarya, this is going to be an exciting one for you. Um, so first and seventh house axis, and we'll talk about this when we get to the, the rising signs here. Uh, so, so hang in there for that. This will be about self versus other with first and seventh house for you. Uh, Kate says, might also be good to remember that you can't be everything to everyone all the time. I agree with that, Kate. Um, and we really put ourselves through some self-torture when we try to do that. And, you know, hopefully as we get older, we learn what, what we are capable of and what our limitations are. And there's no shame in acknowledging a limitation. I mean, you don't want to have a limitation to the point where you're not functional. But at the same time, I think that that's just wisdom, Right is knowing that you can't do everything all the time or be everything to everyone. Uh, Jennifer says, have Mercury in the second decan and the sun in the third decan. So this won't hit me as hard, I suppose, even though I'm in a moon perfection year, question mark. Um, Jennifer, I mean, we'll, we're, we all will feel these lunations. And if I'm remembering correctly, you are a Capricorn rising. So you definitely will feel this lunation because it's in one of your angular houses the angular houses being one, seven, four, or 10. Um, and when you're in a lunar perfection, full moons will be, uh, will be something. So this could be something coming to a head with you and another person about how you organize the structure of your nurturing. And just from what I know about your life, Jennifer, I believe you're a caretaker for a parent, an ailing parent. So maybe there's some, something going on with that where you're having some awareness about how you take care of others or how you are getting the nurturing that you need to be able to be a good support person. So that's something to consider as well. Okay. So, friends, do me a huge favor. Take a minute if you haven't already and please like the video, like the stream. I love all these comments. I always appreciate all the contributions in the chat. Um, Subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you want to make a material donation to the work I'm doing, you can either buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com or you can do a super sticker or a super chat by hitting the little dollar sign in the chat. And that always helps me to keep the lights on and to uh, buy new books and things like that so I can do more research to be able to bring you more information. Okay, friends, I'm going to bring the chart back up. And actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to start working us through the different rising signs. So I will find, I'm going to find my, where did that go? There it is. So I'm gonna pull up my little sheet where I can show you each of the individual rising signs within the chart. Okay. Everybody good? Everybody stretched out? You're staying hydrated, getting snacks, hanging out, stretching? Okay. We'll see if we can get all this in by three o'clock. How's that sound? Eastern time, about an hour or so. 
So what we're going to do is we are going to take this full moon and we're going to give you some of the themes that you can expect with your rising sign. If you know your rising sign, uh, you will be able to uh, get some more specific energy for this full moon. So what we are experiencing first is Capricorn rising because it's Capricorn season. So we're going to start with the rising sign of the season that the sun is in. So Capricorn, you get to go first this time. It's your time to shine. So Capricorn rising, as we were talking about with uh, Michelle, I think here, um, who is a Cap rising. We've got a lot of Cap risings and Capricorn types in the in our community. I think that's maybe it's a Cancer Capricorn axis healing exchange. I have a lot of Capricorn people in my life, and they're very helpful for me. Sometimes I need someone who's a little bit tougher and uh, thicker skinned, and sometimes the Capricorns in our life need someone who's a little bit squishier and a little bit more sensitive. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's the water that that feeds and makes the earth fertile. You know, and the earth provides the structure for the water. It's a, it's a nice, it's a nice relationship. Okay, so. Capricorn rising, you are going to be experiencing this full moon over the first and seventh house axes. The first house has to do with the self, the body, um, the character. The seventh house has to do with the other or something of a completion. So we have beginnings in the first house and endings in the seventh house. So there could be something where you are having a focal point on your body, on your energy, on something that you desire as far as like bringing you forward into the new year. But you're having to balance that out with the needs to provide with somebody else or or with having to work with someone else to, to bring about the type of uh, progress that you want in the new year ahead. The host of the lunation, Saturn, and the, the ruling planet for your first house is going to be in your third house. So Saturn and Pisces in the third house. Um. Saturn in the third house can bring us some responsibilities or some endings or even some beginnings. I think Saturn increases that which is lacking and decreases that which is excessive. So there is a balancing type of energy with Saturn. And this is coming through your local community, through your neighbors, through your siblings, through your own intuitive awareness of your spirituality. That's kind of a secret signification of the third house is the, the wisdom that arises from within because it is the joy of the moon. Whereas the ninth house being the joy of the sun is wisdom that we may receive from an external source, sort of like an organized religion versus uh, a personal ritual practice. So you may be putting a lot of energy into structuring your daily rituals, okay? Getting clear about which of the the stories that you've told yourself about your daily habits and routines, local communities, siblings, etc., are either helping you move forward in your life and create the structures that you want, or maybe holding you back. Okay, you are seeing a beautiful trine between the Sun and Jupiter in your first and fifth house, and Jupiter is about to move direct in your fifth house, which is exciting because that means that you might be able to take some actions for bringing pleasure back into your life and personal creativity. So this could be a great time to be aware of the tools that you need and the plans that you need to make to have more fun 
And if, if I know my Capricorn friends, they probably need some more fun in their life. A lot of my Capricorn folks, they just work and work and work and work and work some more. They are ultra reliable in most cases, uh, quietly reliable. I think that what I've noticed with my Capricorn rising partners that she will, um, she will be at a job and she will quietly go about her business and eventually she becomes indispensable. And if she ever leaves the position, they will replace her with three people instead of one. So it's kind of like they're, they're strong. Capricorn, you, all, you folks are strong. But sometimes you have to learn how to balance the work with having a little bit of fun. And I think that really is going to be part of this, this full moon for you. Um, I also think that we're, you're going to have a, a square between your, um, let's see. Oh, that's where I want that. Good. Sorry. Um, you're, there's also going to be a square between your Mercury and Mars in your 12th house and Neptune in the third. So there could also be some confusion and review about how you rest or about how carrying everyone's burdens might be a source of self-undoing. The 12th house is called the house of self-undoing, but I also consider it a house of solitude, rest, and rebalancing. So when planets are in the, the joy of Saturn, the 12th house, Remember how we talked about Saturn increasing that which is lacking and decreasing that which is excessive. Having lived a natal 12th house sun in Mercury in the 12th, I see that as rebalancing house. It's like the planet is hanging out there to come back to alignment, like get realigned before it, we're moving on, right? Um, so maybe there's something that needs to be realigned as far as the, the, the responsibilities that you are taking on for your daily habits and routines, and with Mercury stationing retrograde there, uh, it, you might have some important conversations about how you rest or how you can get more rest through delegation. So make sure that you uh, ask those questions this time around. You don't have to carry every single burden for every single person. Okay. Um, Devin says Capricorn rising this moon wants to give you a spa day do it yeah Devin yes it's Capricorn spa day let's do this um, I know in, in my personal life here my partner is a Cap rising and she's gonna have like 11 days off from work during this period of time so I think it's really interesting to see like you know what what we will manifest with 11 days, uh, to not only together, but without having to do some of the normal responsibilities and work burdens and things of that nature. It's a good day, to, a good week, etc., just to recharge the batteries if you're a cap rising. Okay. Feeling seen, cap rising? Let's move forward. So we are going to look now at Aquarius rising. And Aquarius rising, you are experiencing the full moon over the 12th and 6th house. 
So the moon is going to be in the sixth and the sun is going to be in the 12th. Okay, so there's our opposition. We have Saturn hosting the sun in the second. And, and we don't have a host for the moon because the moon's in its own domicile. So that's something to keep in mind is, is we do have, uh, I think that actually should go the other way around. So we have Saturn providing resources for our awareness and then the sun shining its light there. Um, so you may be considering how you rest versus how you toil, okay? Some similar themes that we just talked about with Capricorn rising, although it is slightly, uh, it's a different planetary shift. Um, there may be more of a focal point for how you utilize your resources because Saturn is providing energy from the second house, okay? So this might be more about maybe how you, uh, all the stories and narratives and mythologies that are creating your reality that could be limiting factors within your life. Uh, there, I, I, had a, I have a good Aquarius rising friend who has been going through a lot of things in regards to um, their work life and their public life versus their private life and, and taking care of their private life responsibilities and coming to a lot of really powerful realizations about their self-worth and value outside of the resources that they are able to make or bring in in their public life. And it's been really beautiful to see them come to terms with a lot of that and to see that just because they aren't necessarily in a phase of their life where they are doing as much publicly, that does not mean that they have less value as a person. And I think that that's really, really important for Aquarius Risings right now is to see your value as not necessarily attached to the material utilitarian value that you may provide out in the world. That's just one measurement of self-worth or of worth in general. So this may also be giving you some, some thoughts about, you know, the burdens that you are carrying and you may be doing some things for your health also, maybe it's for your mental health. Maybe there's some new habits and routines that you can incorporate into your life that will help you have a healthier outlook on life. Maybe there's some things to eliminate or some rebalancing that could come to uh, how you give and receive nurturing that could be helpful for you. And then Jupiter is going to be stationing direct Aquarius rising in your fourth house. There could be some, some new plans around your living situation. Okay. You could be feeling a really you know, harmonious relationship between the sun and Jupiter and Jupiter and the moon with the fourth house. So if you've been stuck in a holding pattern with your private life, with your home, with your family, with your parents, things could start moving forward in a positive direction uh, around, especially around the 30th of December, Aquarius rising. So hang in there. Um, recognize that you're coming up on an, a few, a really important cycle with Pluto moving into Aquarius and the sun's going to be in Aquarius right as Pluto moves into it. So there's going to be some changes in your, in your character and your body and your personality. And they're not necessarily bad. 
I know a lot of people get afraid when Pluto moves into a new house or there's new energy, but oftentimes what Pluto is doing is just showing us things that we've pushed below the surface that now needs to be dealt with. And if we acknowledge the things that have been in the shadows, that helps to heal it. Often in mythology, bringing something out into the light helps to heal it. Uh, it can, it, like, I'm thinking of one of the labors of Hercules when he had to defeat the Hydra. And one of the ways that he was able to cauterize the heads of the Hydra that kept sprouting and think of the Hydra heads as like maybe either bad habits or difficult experiences. The way that we cauterize those wounds is by holding them up to the light, holding them up to the fire. Okay. Like bringing them out of darkness can, can stop us from repeating some of the habits and patterns that could be detrimental to us. So through that acknowledgement, we can find ourselves in a much healthier uh, fashion and a much healthier experience. Okay. Okie doke. I'm going to check in on the chat here. Sound good? Aquarius rising? Okay. We're going to move on to Pisces rising after I check in on our on our chat. Okay, let me see. I know there's some questions here. Kate says they have Neptune, Jupiter, Venus, and Mercury in sixth house cap. Oh, nice. Laura Elizabeth is here. Hello, Laura. Um, my triple Capricorn son is celebrating his 50th birthday with a trip to Italy or France? Italy, Italy. They're just looking at the flag, <laughs> but then there's Italy. A trip to Italy, lots of fun, but probably not much rest. Ooh, that's fun, right? So he's he's going on a journey. Um, maybe that's his spa day though, right? He's he's having some fun and, and releasing himself from the burden of having to work all the time. I love it. I love it for him. Um, let's see. Devin says, Spencer, would you say anything about the sextile or trine to the moon and sun from Jupiter or that the moon and Jupiter are in mutual exaltation? Well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so, I mean, at the beginning of the, the broadcast, we talked a little bit about the, har the harmonious relationship between the trine with Jupiter and the sun and the sextile to the moon. So, the good news is that we have a benefic planet that is going to be stationing direct in Jupiter. And I'm just going to do this in the context of a Pisces rising chart. And I'll talk about this for specifically for Pisces rising in a second, but I'll answer this question. Um, and then what Devin is referring to is we have a trine to the sun and a sextile to the moon. And mutual exaltation is interesting because we have Jupiter in the exaltation of the moon in Taurus and the moon in the exaltation of Jupiter in Cancer. So there are some Renaissance astrologers that, that consider exchanges of dignity as mutual reception, just like if you're exchanging domiciles. So what I do think, and whether that is something that um, is true or not, I, what I do think is that we do have a very harmonious relationship between these two planets and a harmonious conversation between all three, okay? Um, we have the moon and, and Jupiter helping us to make plans based on the needs of two individuals 
and their emotional and spiritual and needs. Okay. And once Jupiter stations direct, you will be able to plow the fields, quote unquote. Okay. This is a reference to 36 faces where Austin Kopic talks about having a Mercury ruled Deccan in this Venus ruled sign helps us to ask questions about what obstacles do we need to remove so that the fields are ready for planting. So when we have an awareness of the emotional needs of our partners, of ourselves, of our family, of our friends, then we can have a conversation with Jupiter about what we need to do to create material security moving forward. And the sun is providing an ability to be rational about the pros and cons of our material circumstances. It helps us to get real and to work within limitations. So I think that the, the, the kind of little, I don't know, triangle we have going on here, if we think of it like this, is saying Saturn, the Saturn ruled sign, Capricorn is providing the boundaries, the blueprint. The Venus ruled sign is providing the resources. Jupiter is in that sign. And then the moon is providing the, the, the nurturing energy to be able to bring it to fruition. It also is, could be where we see the body, you know, be, being uh, supported as well. So I think that, I, th I just think it's really interesting. One of the things that is fascinating to me is like, like I keep referring to my partner, but she has Jupiter in Cancer and the Moon in Taurus. So there's sort of like this reversal of that. And the way that those two planets operate in her chart, which are also in a fairly close sextile, is that she's able to provide nurturing, but through, uh, through like physical means. Through She's a great chef, for example. And I know, Devin, you're a great chef also. And I'm always jealous of your charcuterie that you make out there. He's a, Devin is a butcher and makes some really great stuff. And uh, so I do think that there is a, a nice harmonious relationship between those two planets when they are having this conversation. Um, as far as mutual ex exchange with exaltation, I'm not exactly sure how that would work. I do think that exaltation is related to being at the very height of the wheel of fortune. This is something I learned from my studies with my teacher, Adam Ellenboss at Nightlight Astrology. He has, he has a really great talk about this, um, where we can see a planet in its exaltation being at the top of the Wheel of Fortune and a planet in its fall being at the very bottom. So I feel like with these two planets exchanging exaltations, even though the Deccan of the Sun is related to Jupiter in its fall, let's see if you can follow my logic here. The Sun is in Capricorn 1, which is sort of kind of has the, the vibe of Jupiter and Capricorn. Even though we have that position for the sun, we do have abundant resources with the moon in Cancer in the exaltation of Jupiter and with the, the wherewithal to make plans to utilize them with Jupiter stationing direct in Taurus. So I hope that that answers your question. I, I think it's actually a good news for creating fertile situations in a time where there might be limitations, working within our limitations. Um, 
that's not always true. Like, like let's, I, I, if let's say we had Jupiter in Capricorn during this period of time, or we had the moon in Scorpio, our resources may not be as bountiful as they would have been had we had this arrangement that we were experiencing. Devin says, I was thinking at it from the perspective of sometimes we look to the exaltation lords as well as the domicile lords for resources. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that is totally, uh, totally valid here too. Like if we are looking at the exaltation lord of the moon, we have Jupiter providing extra juice for the moon here as its exaltation lord. Um, Mars would not be providing any extra resources for the sun here as its exaltation lord of Capricorn. But, but, Mars is about to move into Capricorn in the next few weeks. And it's about to uh, emerge from the beams of the sun. So those first couple weeks of January are going to be pretty juiced up like with positive go for it energy as far as building our futures. Mars and Capricorn is very strategic. It's like a general that says, oh, I've got all these resources. I know how I'm going to, all the plans and steps that I'm going to take. And I have the patience to have an extended campaign of success. So, so yeah, those are, those are good catches there, friend. So let's talk about Pisces rising. So Pisces rising is going to be experiencing full moon over the 11th in the fifth house axes. Saturn is providing resources for the sun from the first, and we've got this trine to Jupiter here in the third house. So what are we dealing with here? So we're dealing with a spotlight on how you might want to build your relationships within a group potentially. And what kind of creative process could that awaken within you uh, being part of a, a, a group that could be supportive of your dreams and goals, etc. Now you may also be experiencing some questions with Saturn in your first house about who you are and what role you may provide in that group or creatively. You may also be feeling some the weight of responsibility right now too with Saturn moving through your first house. There's, there's probably a lot of things that are feeling heavy for Pisces rising right now. Um, this, that Saturn first house transit is an important one and it's an important one for letting go of who you were in the past and creating the stable future for who you want to be in the future. Now for Pisces rising, stability sometimes is fluid. So it's a little bit awkward having a planet of structure in a fluid house. And especially when it's one that is so prominent for you in your chart. So I guess what I will say is that there is structure that comes from surrendering with Saturn and Pisces. Sometimes we, we don't have all the answers and sometimes one of our, I don't know, jobs, I guess, Saturn loves to give jobs, is to surrender to what needs to pass out of our life and what we need to create. 
Um, and that's just going to come in time. We just have to be patient. Uh, you may be a little bit less mobile than you've been in the past, Pisces rising, and this this lunation could be speaking towards that also. Now, with let's just focus on one thing here. Um, with Jupiter trining the sun and sextiling the moon and stationing direct in your third house, you could start seeing some uh, some benefits for for the the way that you structure your daily habits and your routines. You could start to get incorporated into a new community. I have a Pisces rising friend who just moved to a whole new part of the country and they are probably getting integrated in their local community right now. And when we move, sometimes that is uh, unsettling and we, we are feel disconnected. And maybe with Jupiter retrograde in your third, maybe you felt a little disconnected from your local community and your daily habits and your routines. But now those things are starting to become integrated and you can start moving forward again. And that can bring some more joy into your life with that full moon in the fifth house. Uh, and Jupiter is the ruler of your ascendant. So that's a big deal for Pisces rising is Jupiter stationing direct in uh, on the 30th of December. So good luck, friends. Uh, and then just watch out for the Mercury-Mars uh, conjunction in your 10th house with Mercury retrograde and Sagittarius there. Squaring Neptune in your first, there may be some responsibilities at your job that you have to work on or review and really some things you might need to delegate to some other folks that aren't necessarily your burden to carry. And if I know anything about Pisces rising, sometimes they, they also are the types that will carry other people's burdens um, and emotionally. So there may be some emotional burdens that you need to let go of as well. And thank you, Devin, for the super sticker, my friend. I appreciate that. Uh, always appreciate everyone who comes and contributes, whether it's through super chats or super stickers or through comments and questions or just your presence is appreciated as well. But thank you, Devin, for that super sticker. I appreciate you, friend. Okay. Sound good? That's Pisces rising. Let's keep on going. Let's take a look at Aries rising. Jennifer is asking, what about triplicity lords? Can you say something about that? Oh, you guys are great. Um, I love that this community is so knowledgeable on traditional astrology. And I love that we're doing kind of just a, every week, it's not just telling you how the astrology is going to work out. I feel like sometimes these are just mini classes and we get to discuss technique as well. And I really appreciate that. Jennifer's tri triplicity lords. Um, what would you like me to say about it? A triplicity lords, uh, for me, my understanding of triplicity lords um, are sort of like the communal support that you have for a planet. So you have a day triplicity lord, a night triplicity lord, depending on whether your chart is a day or a night chart. So like the, I don't know, I don't have them all memorized in my, in my head, but like, I know that the water signs, there's like the moon and Venus. And what is the other one for the water signs? Mars, moon, moon, Venus, and Mars, the, 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 um, the nocturnal planets. And there's various orders of them for different signs. So if you have a planet in its own triplicity, 
And I guess I'll just check real quick to see if any of these planets are in their own triplicity for this particular lunation. Um, we don't have any planets in their own triplicity for this one, but if we did, we might have some extra support from our community to be able to uh, find support for the planet. To me, dignity, dignity is something that the, where the planet can draw upon for extra resources. Now, that doesn't mean that if a planet doesn't have dignity that it can't function. Even a planet that is ill-dignified in its exile or in its fall can ultimately do its job, but it might be harder, but it might take more effort, right? Whereas if a planet in its own dignity may have ease through having more support. Like just think about those of you who have just grown up in circumstances that were really difficult. Like you, maybe you just didn't have the family support that a lot of people had. It doesn't mean you can't be successful. It just means that you tried to overcome a lot more challenges to get there. Whereas let's say you started off life on third base. You had a great family, you had resources, you know, maybe you were born a certain, uh, I don't know, in a certain time or place it may be easier for you to ascend. And I know this is like something that people don't always like to acknowledge, but we're talking about issues of privilege. Like a, a planet that's dignified is, has privilege on some level. Um, whereas a planet that doesn't may have the opposite of that. And again, that doesn't mean that, that we can't succeed. It just means that the, the, the journey may be a little bit more treacherous. I hope that answers your question, Jennifer, about triplicity lords. Triplicity Lords can also, just to wrap a bow on that, there are some techniques in traditional astrology where Triplicity Lords are used to differentiate between certain topics of a house. Um, and I, I don't have time to get into all that today, but there, there are multiple topics associated with each house, and the Triplicity Lords can help you understand which of those topics are represented by which planet. Um, they also are used for timing as far as different phases of the life and like, like if you have different triplicity lords of the 10th house, for example, you may have a uh, one planet, like let's say Venus was your first triplicity lord and Venus in your chart would speak to what your career might be in your first half of life. Um, the second triplicity lord, like let's say it's the moon, could be this, the second part of your life. And then some traditions use the participating lord for the third part, but the one I use just kind of splits it into two. So like, for example, I believe the triplicity lords of my career are Venus and the moon being Taurus, um, the earth signs. And Venus was my first half of life triplicity lord, which is in the 11th house, Gemini. And now the second triplicity lord, my moon, is I'm pretty sure active now because it's in the 10th house. So first half of my life was a lot more about dealing with groups and teaching and meeting a lot of different types of people with Venus and Gemini in the 11th house. And now I have the moon exalted in Taurus conjoined the midheaven uh, ruling this part of my public life. So um, I'll let you know how it goes. I think I'm just starting the second half of my life, but it, it bodes well for, for success if I was just analyzing it. So that's something that I was looking at. I was like, oh, that will be, maybe that'll be nice, right? And that'll be something good moving forward. Um, Devin says, triplicity lords for Pisces rising is by day. 
Venus, Mars, Moon by night, Moon, Venus, Mars. Okay, good. All right. So there's different orders for different elements. They're related to elements. Yeah. Maybe that's something we'll do a class on or something like that. If enough people want to learn about dignity, maybe I'll put something together. If you have ideas for classes and offerings, webinars that you'd like me to do, this is a great time to make suggestions because I uh, am making plans for the next year and the things that I'd like to do moving forward. So if there's enough chatter about learning objectives, I'd be happy to do the research to serve the community. Um, yeah, Jennifer, definitely like helpers. Yes, exactly. Triplicity dignity, and I don't want to get too far into this, um, but triplicity dignity is like a planet or a person being amongst their peers or their guild, I guess you could say. So oftentimes if I will see a planet in its own triplicity, someone will have like the support of like, a family member or of friends or like there maybe their work community is a supportive environment or something like that where they have a group of people that they that really are able to boost boost them up even if the planet is ill dignified otherwise if they have triplicity support um, it can it can be very useful for having the support of people I, I see this with like parents a lot where like they'll have a planet uh, that's kind of ruling their fifth house in in its own triplicity and they have a lot of help with their kids or something like that, like a good community. Yeah, Stephen says there's lots of concepts of dignity and ability, for sure. I mean, astrology, learning astrology in its, in the form that, you know, like with traditional astrology and modern astrology, all the different fields and forms, it's endless, right? It takes a while too. It takes a while to learn all the structures and rules and there's always new things you can add in. Um, and sometimes those are helpful and useful, and other times we can get cluttered up. I, 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 you know, I tend to be a more is more type of person. But what I will say about all of this is that I like how, uh, again, my 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 friend Adam talks about sometimes the chart speaks louder than other times depending on the circumstance. Not everything has to be an oracle at all times. I share the opinion that he has that the chart is divination and is an oracle. So what that means is that you see certain things within the chart when it is speaking louder. It's not necessarily like it's, I think we need to start releasing the energy of like the chart is uh, written in stone. Do you know what I'm saying? Like this is this is what's going to happen no matter what. It really is just like a set of themes that sometimes one theme will stick out depending on the question that we've asked it. That's really important. You have to ask the chart a question. The chart just doesn't always say everything. If you ask a chart, what's my finances looking like right now? That's a very different question than What's my love life looking like right now, right? Like those are, those are different questions that the chart can speak to in different ways, okay? I mean, you can also, like, like, there's overlap. Like if you had a fifth house issue, it could be what's going on with my kids? Or it could also be how do I find more pleasure in my life? And, and you're going to get a different answer based on those two things. Okay, let's keep going. These are good questions, though. I love 
I love this kind of discussion in our chat. I love having an intelligent community that we can kick around these ideas. Okay, Aries Rising, thank you for your patience. Aries Rising has some interesting things coming. Aries Rising has an angular full moon over the 10th and the 4th house. Um, Saturn is going to be providing resources to the sun from the 12th and has been for quite some time. Okay. Jupiter is going to be make, having a positive conversation with the sun and with the moon from the second house and is going to be stationing direct in the second house. I want to talk a little bit about Mars too for you Aries Risings because Mars is going to be uh, changing dignity pretty soon and it, coming out from under the beams of the sun, becoming visible once again. Okay, so I have too many arrows on here, so I'm going to get rid of some of these arrows. But the main theme and the main gist of this full moon for you, Aries Rising, is that there is a spotlight the sun, on your 10th house of career, on your public expression out in the world. You may be weighing the pros and cons of a type of maybe a new job, maybe a change in circumstances. That's another thing I want all of you to keep in mind. Wherever the sun is, you may be contemplating a change. You may be trying to shift your circumstances. Like, um, like I... I will get to this, but as a Leo rising, the sun's in my sixth house, I'm, I'm probably contemplating changes in the work I'm going to do for the next year or in how I take care of my body. Like I'm feeling the spark of motivation for doing more exercise and, and for putting together more classes. So those are the, those are the two things I'm thinking about. Uh, but for Aries rising, you may be thinking about change in career, maybe thinking about the advantages and disadvantages of a job or something of that nature. But you're also needing to balance that out with finding the right support and nurturing from the moon in your fourth house. So to be able to be successful out in the world, we need to have a proper balance, work-life balance, basically. Okay? So you, you may be seeking some of those resources from the fourth house of family. Now, Saturn is providing for the sun from your 12th house, you know, probably causing some of you Aries Risings at this point almost to hunker down on some level and get clear about what you need to uh, to support your sense of rest and solitude. You don't want to take that to an extreme, I guess, though. Like sometimes if you get, uh, sometimes we can get a little bit like lost in our cave on some level. That could be an experience when we have Saturn moving through our 12th house is that we just feel like we want to retire and retreat we don't want to face the world sometimes, so we'll have to work through that and those feelings. Jupiter is going to be stationing direct in your second house, so you may really start, be able to start making plans um, as far as your material resources are concerned. So this could be like the new job that you may be considering could start bringing you financial success potentially, which is good news. Um, now, Mars is going to be squaring Neptune from your ninth to your 12th, and then also going to be moving into Capricorn shortly after this. So one of the things that I will say is that 
we have to consider Mars's out of bounds energy. Okay. You, everybody should consider where Mars was in their charts, where the Sagittarius house of their chart was to where you might be going and doing things outside the norm. Okay. In this chart, Aries rising, you know, you may be pursuing your beliefs at all costs, even to your own detriment with a square to Neptune, potentially, uh, with Mars in the ninth house in Sagittarius three. Uh, but Mars is going to be moving into Capricorn in the next few weeks, and you may be able to be very strategic about your work. Okay. And that's, I think that's good news. Uh, I think that the only downside of that is if you do have like a challenge at work, it could be a really powerful uh, authority figure that you're dealing with or something like that as well. So be careful if you get into conflicts with people because you may not be acting within the normal rules of engagement. Okay. So one of the things that I think about with Mars and Capricorn, it's a, it's, I think it's a ruthless position. It is saying, I'm going to go get what I want no matter what, and nothing's going to stop me from climbing the mountain. So you may be feeling Aries rising like, like nothing's going to stop you. Like you might be feeling unstoppable. I would caution you about stepping on people on your way to wherever you're going. Um, for the reasons that I stated earlier in the broadcast today, it's very, it can be very lonely to get to the top of the mountain and to get there through nefarious means or at any cost. So I think your mission, Aries Rising, is not to, to um, not pursue your goal. But how can you pursue your goal in a way that is taking into account your needs, which is important, other people's needs, also important, the balance between your domestic life and your professional life, and how can you get where you need to be ethically, okay? How can you pursue your desire in a way that at the end of the day you feel good about it rather than feel confused like, oh no, did I do something that, I, that is not above board, okay? Because that'll come back and potentially could come back and bite you. Um, and keep in mind too, there's going to be a Mars retrograde at the end of 2024 in your fourth house. So if you're pursuing your career at the expense of your family, there could be something that's coming at the end of the year that could be a reckoning around that. Okay. So just, just a little cautionary tale around that. I mean, good news is you got a, a really nice trine between the sun and Jupiter in your 10th and your second house. This could be a lucrative time for you, Aries rising. So just keep that in mind one day at a time. All right. Okay. Let's keep going. So let's move on to Taurus rising. All right, Taurus rising. Thank you for your patience. Hope that you've been getting snacks and are comfortable. So Taurus rising has a full moon over their ninth and third house. And Saturn is hanging out in the 11th. Okay. Let's do a different shape here. 
here's Saturn. Square would, would, would be good for Saturn, right? And then Jupiter, is Jupiter, Jupiter gets a diamond. <laughs> there we go. All right, so we've got, uh, we've got the opposition between the sun in the ninth, the sun and its joy, right? So you may have a, a, a really nice awareness of who you are and what is motivating you right now. Um, you may also be like considering a change of circumstance with a, a legal representation, which the ninth house is related to the law. You could be weighing the pros and cons of going to school or getting an advanced degree. Uh, you could be weighing the pros and cons of a religious organization that you're a part of or something of that nature and how it uh, works with your daily habits and routines and how you feel nurtured and how the wisdom of the orthodox system that you are thinking of either being a part of or are a part of how it is balanced with your own inner knowing with the moon in the third house in its joy with the wisdom that arises from within rather than from an external source so this is really a full moon about balancing your wisdom that arises from within you, sometimes called intuition, with knowledge that comes from an external source. It doesn't mean that knowledge from an external source is necessarily bad. Sometimes we need that objective perspective. And the sun sometimes provides us an objective perspective because it shines lights, it shines light on things, right? It, it, it sees, helps us see clearly. Uh, Saturn is giving you maybe a reality check about the groups that you're a part of okay maybe there's some endings that have happened with a group recently or or maybe there is something that you've had to make real with a group or you have responsibilities with a group at this point and then and jupiter is going to be moving direct in your first house which is exciting this is something where all of the material plans that you've been waiting to put into place have probably been waiting for for this end of the month moment, right? You've probably been like reviewing and just feel stuck, but now Jupiter is going to be stationing direct in your first house, and you might be able to start moving forward with your material plans and expansion. Um, one thing I will say for Taurus Risings, uh, just, just be careful about your um, the square between Mercury and Mars with Neptune from your 8th to your 11th, okay? Um, there could be some confusion about shared resources with uh, somebody in a group that you're a part of or like how you team up with other people. And there could be some conflicts with Mars moving out of bounds around that as well. Or with like debt, I, I would say Try not to get into debt <laughs> this time around. It could, um, that could be really challenging. Or you could be revisiting a debt or you could be revisiting an inheritance issue or something like that as well. And then finally, Taurus rising. Finally, the ruler of your ascendant is in its exile right now in the seventh house. So there may be some, some sticky moments with a partner. With, whether it's a romantic or a business partner, be, it's important not to glamorize the past. If there's a relationship that needs that you need to move on from, try to have the courage and the faith that when you let go of something, 
what you're doing is you're liberating that energy to find a new home and to find a new body. Uh, and then eventually that can, can really release you from the challenges that you might be experiencing within that relationship. But really important not to glamorize some kind of other that isn't bringing you vitality anymore with, with Venus ruling your ascendant. And you all probably know what that means for you specifically. But that is the main vibe I get with Venus and Scorpio 3. There's a spirit with that, de that Deccan called Kairos, and it, it roughly translates to the opportune moment. And it's very difficult to catch an opportunity after it's passed. The, the story goes that Kairos had a little lock of hair on his forehead, and you had to catch him at the right moment. And even Zeus himself couldn't catch Kairos from behind, couldn't catch the moment once it had passed. And what happens with that Deccan is people do more and more uh, nefarious things to try to maintain the illusion of the past. Okay, they call that the Lord of debauchery. Um, and you, there may also be the addressing of an addiction too. Sometimes addiction comes up with Scorpio 3. And a lot of times addiction happens because we're attached to something that isn't really uh, providing us life and providing us vitality. And we keep pursuing it even though we know it's not good for us. So there may be some, some challenges with that also, Taurus rising. But hang in there. Uh, you got this. Jupiter is, you got the greater benefic in your first house. This is a great time to return back to your own body, your own knowing, and to make plans for your future. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep moving on. Let's keep moving forward. Do -do -ba -da -do -da -ba -da. We're almost there. Gemini rising. Gemini. Oh, man. I gotta speed up if we're gonna make my three o'clock. I doubt I doubt we're gonna be done by three o'clock. I wanna give everyone the same amount of attention. But Gemini rising, you have a full moon over your eighth and second house. The moon is in your second and the sun is in your eighth. So there is a big spotlight on the eighth house, shared resources, the money of others, debts, taxes, things like that. It could be estimating your taxes or something like that. Uh, you may be trying to balance out how you give and receive support with how you give and receive support um, or how you take care of yourself. So giving support versus receiving it. Saturn's hanging out in your 10th house. Uh, encouraging you to either get clear about your responsibilities at your at your job um, or release old narratives that may be holding you back from from public action um, you are going to have Jupiter stationing direct in your 12th house which could see you starting to make plans for relaxing <laughs> or Jupiter has been going through a period of rebalancing. There may be something that was excessive with Jupiter hanging out in the twelfth house. Maybe there was, maybe you're spending too much money on something, or or you're uh, making plans that weren't realistic. And and through going through that twelfth house energy, it's decreasing that which is excessive, and then you can move forward with your plans. Or if you weren't taking care of yourself enough, it could be increasing that which was lacking. The other thing that I will uh, get you hip to, Gemini rising is that your ascendant ruler, oops, 
is Mercury. And Mercury during this lunation is going through a little bit of a challenging dynamic with Neptune and Mars. So there could be some difficult conversations with a partner or a business partner in particular, or there could be something that is a little bit unclear. I would, I would ask questions rather than making declarative statements. You may be carrying uh, excessive responsibilities in a relationship, or the partner could be carrying excessive relationship excessive responsibilities for you so there may be something where there's got to be a, a rebalancing in that regard as well um, just ask questions you know don't make assumptions this is the kind of the four agreements right uh, when we assume we we don't give the other person an opportunity to bring clarity to our life and that can lead to difficult circumstances so make sure you're asking questions even with jupiter in sagittarius i think one of the things that is real difficult about Mercury, did I say Jupiter? No, it's meant Mercury. Mercury in Sagittarius, the difficult things about that is that oftentimes we think that we know something when we should be asking and getting more clarification. So I think that's one of the biggest dangers of, of Mercury in a Jupiterian sign, Mercury in Sagittarius or Mercury in Pisces, is that sometimes we make assumptions when we should be make, asking questions. Um, and that's easy to fix. That's actually really easy to fix. You just like get into the habit of asking for clarification. And then you you're basing your ideas and plans on reality rather than on just something that you think you know. So that's a good way to work through this energy. Ah, oh, thank you, Sarah, for your super sticker today. Thank you, friend. It says, thanks for enriching my day with good thinking, buddy. Oh, thank you, my friend. Hope that you're doing well out there. Appreciate your donation. So do me a favor, friends. If you are enjoying this chat today, uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you haven't liked the video already, that can really help me out. So go and go and like the video. And like Sarah, if you want to make a, uh, a gift to the channel, there's a little dollar sign in the chat. It's called Super, Stat, super Sticker or Super Chat. Uh, it's easy for me to say. Um, but that definitely goes a long way to helping support the work that I do and to help me keep the lights on and all of those things. I really do appreciate it, and it really does help. So appreciate all of you who are, are consistently doing that. Um, okay, Gemini Rising, feel seen. Uh, hang in there. Recognize that today is a powerful day for you, Gemini Rising, with Mercury Kazemi in your eighth house. Pay attention to the messages that you're receiving, especially around inheritances, taxes, resources, money of others, all of those types of, of communications will be very important and then will have to be reviewed potentially with a partner moving forward in the weeks ahead. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go Cancer Rising. Cancer Rising. Cancer Rising. I'm going to take a stretch before I do Cancer Rising. Got to move our bodies. Ah, oh, Julene, you missed Gemini Rising. Oh, well. Sorry, buddy. Main gist of it, Julene. Just this is this is the mer most Mercury retrograde thing for you, Gemini's here. Um, Julene, powerful day for you. Mercury Kazemi in your eighth house. Pay attention to messages you receive with resources that are shared with a partner, okay, or with another. Uh, 
get really clear about your resources versus someone else's take care of yourself you know support yourself with with nurturing self-nurturing and be very careful about your communication with someone in your job a partner like a business partner or something like that moving forward so that's kind of the reader's digest version and if you want the more in-depth go you go back and listen to the recording after the fact but i'm glad you're here go cardinals how are the cardinals doing my friend down in arizona wait they heading towards a top top five draft pick that'll be exciting still think cardinals should take marvin harrison jr wide receiver ohio state he'd pair up nicely with kyler murray okay cancer rising cancer rising what's up <laughs> sorry oh man so cancer rising you have an angular full moon so this is a focal point with the, the sun in Capricorn in your seventh house of relationships. There could be some discussions about, you know, how you're going to create the structures of your new relationship or your, uh, of how you relate to one another and how you want to build a life with a partner. And thank you, Julene, for the super sticker. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, friend. Thank you for that. Um, so Cancer Rising, you're probably having some new new structures in your life with a partner, for sure. I have a Cancer Rising friend who's going through some major life changes with a partner that will require them to, to structure their life in a way that will be very new for the both of them. Uh, and you have to make sure that when you're having those conversations, that you're taking care of your body and that you're getting the emotional support that you need and the the physical support that you need during this period of time too because when we're going through challenging changes with partners sometimes we need to practice some self-care too uh, saturn will be hosting the sun from the ninth house helping you to get clear about your belief system and helping you to to let go of old narratives around beliefs about maybe um, orthodox systems of learning. Jupiter is going to be stationing direct in your 11th house. So you may be feeling uh, a new sense of expansion with groups that you are a part of. Um, you might also be getting benefits from the government. The 11th house is the money of the king in traditional astrology. So oftentimes if we have like social security or, or like Medicaid benefits or something something like that, um, you may be experiencing it through the 11th house. So Jupiter may have been holding benefits back for Cancer Rising for a period of time, and now they're going to be moving forward once again. And this may be true for Cancer Suns as well. Um, so like, let's say you have a tax return or something that, or you got audited or something like that, and they held your tax return, and you had to provide more documentation. Now Jupiter is stationing direct, that you could get your finally get your tax return or something like that. Um, so the ruler of your ascendant is going to be the the moon, and it's hanging out in its own house. So that's very po a powerful moment for you as well. Be just be careful of Mercury and Mars squaring 
Neptune. Okay, so this is this is going to be you have a powerful new start today in your seventh house, but there may be some reviews that need to happen uh, with a partner around your responsibilities and the burdens that you're carrying. Like this new start that you're you're contemplating, you, you have to figure out how to delegate some of the work around it, and that can help you move forward more successfully rather than feeling like you have to carry the, the, the weight yourself. Um, whenever we're going through different changes in our life, uh, we're, we're more or less capable of doing certain things based on what it is. Like if we have changes in our body, we may have to delegate some responsibilities to someone else and ask for help. And that's maybe that's the most enlightened thing to do rather than trying to carry all the, the responsibilities yourself. I really do think that spiritual growth isn't necessarily about how, how much you can power through something. Sometimes the more mature thing is knowing when to ask for help and knowing when to take stuff off your plate. So hopefully uh, Capricorn, or I'm sorry, Cancer Rising, you're able to do that uh, as well. Julene says, my grandson says the same thing about the draft pick. They definitely need to do something. Yeah, Julene. Um, well, it's a pretty good draft, Julene. Uh, I'd be excited if my team was getting top, top three, top five pick. Um, we're talking about the NFL draft for those of you who don't care about football. <laughs> you talk about all sorts of things on this show. Uh, Jennifer says, yes, this is Gemini rising. Clarifi clarification questions. Keep me up. Uh, keep me up out of my head. Is that what that says? Yeah, sorry. So there's just a little heart that's it. sometimes. Yeah, there you go. Okay, gotcha. Thanks for that clarification. <laughs> yeah, je questions are good. And if someone can't give you a straight answer, that's, that's, you know, that should tell you something in a situation too, right? That's where you, when you trust your gut on something. So, okay, that's cancer rising. Hang in there, friends. Hang in there. Let's keep rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Leo rising. Leo, my fellow, my fellows, my fellow Leo Risings, you have a full moon in your 12th house over the 6th and 12th house axis. So this could be a time where you're having an awareness of the work that is ahead of you, the work that is kind of a grind that isn't maybe necessarily fun. You could have an awareness of a, of a health issue or a health a new start that you want to make with your health. I know for me personally, as Leo rising, I'm looking at the year ahead and I'm, I want to do more physical activities. Like I, I, I've been counting my steps recently. I always count my steps, but I've been kind of looking at how the, the trend has been going from like year to year, month to month, week to week. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking about how I can beat my year record I, I believe like my year record was like oh geez i don't know something like 17 17 it was like a million and seven hundred thousand steps something like that that was that was what i had for one year i know it sounds like a lot but uh i i, I don't know if you walk a couple miles a day that's like three or four thousand steps a day so 
I'm trying to beat that record for the end of the year. So that's, that's kind of my, my awareness vibe around it. But for you, Leo Rising, the sun is your ascendant ruler. So you may have a special experience of really weighing the pros and cons of your material resources. You may be really focusing on your body at this point and how you can improve it and how you can bring it back into balance, how you can make a new start. I know for me, as a Leo Rising, the Sagittarius season, I always feel a sense of fatigue uh, because the sun is at its lowest, weakest point around the solstice. So around this period of time, I start to feel my energy coming back. I start to feel the light growing, you know? So, so with Leo Risings, this time of year can be extra difficult. Um, and we're going to burst of new energy today and through the weekend. And I'm here for it. I, I feel it. I'm feeling pretty good today. And part of it was through allowing myself to rest for a week. So hopefully all you Leo Risings have been getting some rest in the past few weeks and releasing some of your burdens as well. Uh, Jupiter. Jupiter is about to station retrograde in your 10th house. That is exciting. Leo rising. Oh my gosh, I'm so geeked about this. So I will admit, I did some of my end of the year, like, uh, I don't know, office equipment purchases today at the Mercury Kazemi. And I have a new monitor coming, like a big screen that's coming where I, I don't have to look at a tiny ass little screen anymore. I've got a big screen that's coming. And it's going to be delivered right as Jupiter is uh, stationing direct and uh, trining my natal Jupiter. So it, it could be something like that, where the, the supplies or the resources that you need are going to be available to you now, now that Jupiter is moving direct. And that could directly affect how you do your work and the success that you have moving forward publicly. Okay. I will also say, just from my own experience, sorry for being so anecdotal about Leo rising, but this is how, uh, how we learn through our own lives. When Jupiter stationed retrograde in my own chart, which is also my time lord, I will admit that I had been really good about crafting a routine when Jupiter was direct in Taurus in my 10th house. Like I'd started reading a lot of productivity literature about executive function and all of those things. I'd starting to arrange my weeks a lot better. And then once the day that Jupiter station retrograde, literally the, literally the damn day was like the first day of the NFL season. And the first, it was like the fantasy football draft. And I kind of got sidetracked with starting to get a little bit obsessed with sports at that point. And what I'm noticing is that the season is winding down. The fantasy season will literally end <laughs> like when Jupiter stations direct. And I know that that's not specific to everyone who's a Leo rising, but it's an example of how our routines could get disrupted. And now we can return back to maybe a healthy routine after something is, has ended and been reviewed and we've we're, we're able to move forward with our our personal expression like i've still been doing stuff and whatever it's just like i i feel like it's a elimination of distractions that will start happening on some level now 
one thing to keep in mind, Leo rising, is that Saturn will be in your eighth house, providing for the sixth, okay, right here. Uh, and there's probably going to be some, you know, I guess you could call come to Jesus conversations about the resources that you share with a partner or how you share finances or how you save money or how you do long-term planning. That's something else I've been trying to figure out as a, as a Leo rising myself is how do I plan for my retirement or something like that? Like, um, I haven't been super good about that and I'm getting into my middle age and I need to kind of start thinking about that and, and focusing and planning and all of those things. So that might be something where you're, we're having to get realistic about the resources that we share with others and, and like our long-term resources. Be careful, Leo Rising, about uh, Mercury retrograding through your fifth, conjoining with Mars out of bounds in the fifth house and squaring Neptune in the eighth. Um, if you are seeking pleasure right now doing anything, like just be careful that it doesn't become a job. I, I'm, I'm going to admit something here that is a pattern that I'm noticing, and hopefully this will be a learning experience. Uh, I don't know if any of you are like, enjoy games. I, I like games. I, I happen to have Neptune in the fifth house in Sagittarius three. And I find a lot of beauty and escapism and transcendence through games of chance you know, like fantasy football. I, I'm not much of a gambler, so I don't do that. But if I play a video game, I can get completely immersed in it uh, to the point where like, you know, I sometimes reality starts to fade away and time has gone down like a tunnel that is irretrievable. <laughs> like, and I've, I've had to learn that I can't really do that kind of thing. Um, or I need to set very strict limitations about my involvement in it. And as fantasy football, I'm going to admit something to all of you. Please don't rake me over the coals for it. As fantasy football is starting to come to an end, there's like, there's feels like a, like a gap in like the dopamine hit that you get from following along and seeing your stats increase and all of these things. And I, I don't know if I made the mistake, but I made the action as Mars was hitting my Neptune to download a video game on my phone. One that is super fun, it's called Souls, and it's basically just like a little role-playing game that you know you can advance and add armor and all these kind of, it's, it's very like Dungeons and Dragons-y type of thing. Um, but it, I'm noticing already that it's becoming a time suck. And I think that Mercury moving through our fifth house, Leo Rising, is reevaluating what how we put our time and energy out there and how can we set healthy limits? Because what I've noticed in the past when I've done, when I've gotten involved in like gaming, it becomes a job. And that's why I, I think like with Mercury and Mars in the third decan of Sagittarius, that's like carrying a burden. I've noticed that modern video games at a certain point, if you're like grinding you know, if you're familiar with role-playing games, there's a term called grinding, where you're just putting in a lot of hours to gain resources and to, to level up, quote-unquote. 
And sometimes you start doing that and you, you feel like you're outside of, you can see the mechanism and you can see how the game becomes an addiction. You can see how the game encourages you to, to play it and to be attached to it. And you have to evaluate Leo Rising whether the, you have the dis disposition to be able to engage with it in a healthy way or not. And I'm speaking directly to myself, but hopefully some of you are finding some value in this. Um, but what I will say is that just be very careful about taking on the burden of something that should be fun, that could become unhealthy. Okay. And that's going to mean different things for other, other people. It, maybe it's not a video game. Maybe it's like uh, tr trivia. I don't, I don't know. It could be anything that brings you joy, but that ultimately becomes a job. Um, we have to be careful of that. Sometimes you want to just check out and relax a little bit, but you have to know yourself. And maybe you're able to set time limits with that. Um, but I think this is a really important full moon for Leo Risings to be able to evaluate the way that they manage their time and whether what they're doing is uh, a self-undoing, right? Like, like I, I've been going through this a lot lately. Like, I've been really evaluating how I spend my time and doing an audit, basically, of my daily life for the last couple months and really, like, figuring out, like, what are the things that I can eliminate that, that get in the way of productivity? Um, Julian says, I relate to that with sports. Sometimes I need the break. I'm terrible at video games though. I see the intensity with those in the kiddos in my life. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not someone who has video game systems. Like I, I had those when I was a kid and I was, I spent a lot of time by myself. Um, and the Virgo parts of me, the, the, the Jupiter, Mars and Saturn Virgo parts of me are obsessed with self-improvement. And those types of games give you the illusion of self-improvement through leveling up, through getting new, you know, through collecting too. I, I realize a part of myself that I, I get lost in is I love collecting things. So that the, it, it hits the dopamine centers of leveling up, collection, like fantasy worlds, which all of those things, when they are done in a healthy way, are not bad. But you, you have to know yourself, I guess is what I will say. And um, yeah, I don't know. It just something like, like Julian's talking about with football, right? And sports. It was the same thing with fantasy football. Like I wanted to be the best at fantasy football. I wasn't okay with just doing it passively. I needed to dominate. Like, and I needed to do hours of research to make sure I was making the right choices to do well. And in one league, I'm in first place. And in another league, I'm in last place, which is completely random. I just, what I'm realizing is that you can be knowledgeable in these games of chance and you can still lose because they're games of chance. <laughs> like so, so long story short, Leo Rising, do a time audit, make sure that if you're doing something pleasurable, that you're able to have balance with the work that you need to do to make your life functional and the ways that you may escape from your life as well 
to give yourself a break. Okay, long, that's how long story short. Cookerzilla is here. What's up, Cookerzilla? Says question. Yo, Spencer, Scorpio and Venus has been amazing for me. Natal Scorpio in Venus. Any advice for the transition to Sagittarius? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, hope your holidays are going good. Uh, my twelfth house friend. Yes. And then Julene says, uh, "Never thought of it that way." Makes sense. Yeah. Just, just, just some philosophical uh, conversations. But yes, Cooker, I just ended the Leo rising, so I will answer your question. Scorpio, Venus, transitioning to Sagittarius. Um, I would say that it is an indignity improvement, just objectively. Um, I would say that if you have been having a good time with natal Venus and Scorpio, depending on the which house it's going into, maybe for you, Venus in Scorpio is in a positive house. I can't remember your rising sign off the top of my head, um, Cooker. But throw that in the chat and I'll, that'll give me extra context. Um, but what I will say is that I do think that Venus in, uh, Venus in Scorpio will help us to, I think, get clear about what needs to be released in our life. And then once we release it, Venus in Sagittarius has all this re released spiritual energy to try to find a new goal or new mission. So, so for Cookerzilla, it's 12th house Venus, Sag rising. Okay. So, so that's good news, actually, Cookerzilla. Maybe Venus in your 12th has been helping you just to take a break and relax and like find, you know, joy in maybe being between worlds on some level. I know that's part of what I've been going through. Like sometimes when the world starts to get a little bit overwhelming, I'll tell you, I have been struggling with our current reality um i'm trying my best to stay present and not put my head in the sand because i know that that's very dangerous and i want to be present for those who are suffering but at the same time i think we all have our limits of how many tragedies and crises we can deal with on a daily basis and sometimes we need to maybe escape into some other recesses of our minds and I think that's part of what I've been going through recently is just trying to balance the horrors that we're going through as a community right now with trying to find some spark of joy in a different dimension of reality and I think that I think that's okay for a little bit, as long as we come back and deal with the reality of our circumstances. What I have learned as a sensitive person who absorbs pain of others as an empath is that when I go and escape, if I'm gone too long, reality comes back with a vengeance. And that is painful. So, so think about how you can stay present and balance out the need to recharge the battery or escape to a, a fantastical world with dealing with the reality of our situations. Oh, thanks, Cookerzilla, for the super sticker. I appreciate you, friend. Um, so as far as Venus moving into Sagittarius, though, that's really good for your body. You may be, be feeling uh, like 
you're able to use that energy that you liberated with Venus moving through the 12th house towards the goal of your choice moving forward. And it could be a very personal goal. It could be good things may come to you through really no effort of your own, actually. doesn't mean you shouldn't do anything. But um, luckily for you, Cookerzilla, I haven't even done the Sagittarius rising yet. So I, why, don't I, why don't I table that one and then go into more depth as we get to Sag rising? How about that? Okay. Yeah, major boundary setting and purging, Cookerzilla says. Good. Um, yes, new mission. Definitely a new mission. And I will, I will touch on that for you specifically, friend, in a second. Jennifer says, I'm a Leo rising solar year and planning on retirement in a couple years. So also trying to figure out what my next life shall be. So this resonates. Okay. Yes. Um, definitely important for us to think ahead, especially during Capricorn and Aquarius season. You know, I think Saturn re rewards patience and rewards long-term vision and delayed gratification. That's really what retirement is all about. Delayed gratification. And it's hard to do. It's hard to do in the moment. All right. Well, thank you for my for going with me on some of those digressions. Um, let's talk about Virgo rising. Virgo rising has the full moon in the eleventh house, with the sun in the fifth. So there may be a spotlight or a focal point on your ways you seek pleasure. There could be some new planning that you have to do if you have children. Fifth house is going to be associated with children. Oh, thank you, Stephen, for the super sticker. Appreciate you. Happy Yule to you as well, friend. Um, and I think that you are going to have to balance out the your personal desires, okay, fifth house, with the needs of the group. Okay, so there may be something where you're getting kind of pulled in a couple different directions with the with a group that you're a part of, or uh, and you may have some creative ideas, but you've got to balance them out with what would be best for the the collective. Uh, Saturn is moving through your seventh house, Virgo rising, and which is asking you to surrender some old narratives in your relationships. Mercury and Mars are going to be squaring Neptune from your fourth to your seventh house which could be related to having to review some things in your family and revisit some old, maybe even some old places that you've lived or old people in your life. There may be some questions that you have to ask with your parents if they're still with us. Uh, and there could be some confusion, some difficult conversations that could be a little foggy between you and a partner related to your living situation as well. There could be something where you may really desire to, to, to move somewhere, but you have to, to review uh, the reality of that moving forward. And today's Mercury Kazemi is really important for you, Virgo rising, because it, that is the ruler of your ascendant. So you could be really getting some interesting downloads and messages today, especially about what could bring you joy and pleasure in your life. But you may have to work through some, some tough conversations afterwards to make it, make it work. Um, Jupiter is going to station direct in your ninth house. So the, the, if you've been waiting on, uh, maybe like a, a joining a higher education program or something of that nature, things could start moving forward with that. If you've been delaying a travel plan, you could be starting to move forward with that as well at the end of the month. 
And I think that this could be a great time for a trip, actually, um, where you're having a trine between the sun and Jupiter from your fifth to your ninth house, where you're just doing something for pleasure, right? Maybe you're returning to see a family member and it becomes a pleasurable trip or something like that. So that's something else to consider moving forward. Okay. All right. Let's go to, let's go to, do, 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 do. Libra rising. Libra, Libra, Libra. Libra rising is another angular full moon. So Libra rising has the full moon over the first, I'm sorry, the fourth and the tenth house. So the sun's in the fourth house, lighting up your house of home and family. Maybe there's some changes happening within your domestic sphere. Maybe you're thinking about somewhere you want to move. Maybe your your parents are moving or there's something like that where you're weighing the pros and cons of a physical space. And that's creating a little bit of tension and you're going to maybe need to balance out those questions with how you receive support at your in your public life with your work. Uh, Saturn is going to be providing resources for the sun from the sixth house. So you could also be having to deal with chronic health issues could be a problem with Saturn in the sixth house. It could also be, there could be like, uh, you're having to get, come to a reality check about the people that you work with as far as like people that do a service for you, like a doctor or like somebody who you hire. There could be some challenges with that where it's something, a long-term issue uh, could be needing to be dealt with. And that could also be true because Mercury and Mars, Mercury retrograde and Sagittarius and Mars are going to be squaring Neptune in the sixth house. So this could be some ambiguity around a health issue. Um, there could be some, some ambiguous conversations with neighbors or a sibling or somebody like that, where you really need to ask questions. Try not to get into a, a, a vague fight about stuff. Like this is the other thing with Mars out of bounds squaring Neptune. If you're arguing about something, it could just be because people just don't understand each other's perspective. That's often what many arguments are about. So again, clarity is important with that. Libra rising, you're going to have Jupiter stationing direct in your eighth house. So if you've been waiting for a tax or an inheritance or uh, some kind of issue like that, the, the resources might start to move forward again. Or if a partner was waiting for resources, they might start moving forward again uh, at the end of the month. Um, and this is going to be probably helping you maintain your household with the trine to the sun. Uh, your ascendant ruler is Venus. Venus is going to be improving their dignity. They're going to be moving out of your second house and moving into your third. So now Venus will be able to witness your ascendant. You may have some liberated energy after maybe, maybe letting go of some things that were personal to you. Maybe letting go of some bad habits or, or some spending habits. Maybe you had to purge your budget or something, and now you've freed up energy and resources to do something new. Okay. So that's what we've got. One other thing, just for everyone. You know, Cooker was asking me about Venus moving into Sagittarius. Um, the, the, the only challenge about that uh, is that Venus is going to be going through 
the same square that the sun, Mercury, and Mars just went through with their ingresses in Sagittarius with Saturn. So <laughs> there might, you might be desiring to move forward with something, but you're going to have to slow the, and pump the brakes a little bit because of the square to Saturn. So, so keep that in mind when, when Venus uh, changes sign into Sagittarius or ingresses into Sagittarius, is it's going to immediately hit the square to Saturn. So it could be a little bit of cold water poured on the desire to just hit the ground running. But it's temporary, okay? It's gonna, it's gonna, you know, move, move pretty quickly out of that square. All right, Scorpio, Scorpio Joe, Scorpio Joe Risings, Scorpio Joe. I always say Scorpio Joe Biden, Scorpio Joe Risings, because Joe Biden is Scorpio, Scorpio, Scorpio Joe. Um, Scorpio Rising. You have a full moon in your third and ninth house sun is in your third house moon is in the ninth and there could be a focal point with a spotlight being on your daily habits your routines your rituals could also bring in topics of siblings um, it could be how you how you organize your daily routines and habits scorpio risings might have to be getting a reality check around either an issue with a child or an issue with like how they seek pleasure. Saturn moving through the fifth house often sees people getting sober. So maybe there's some issues around that. If you have any had any challenges with like substances or or any type of addiction like that. Like I think that I'm thinking about how I struggle with getting obsessed with gaming. Like that 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 can be an addiction. Like it doesn't have to be just like something like alcohol or drugs it can be anything that could take you out of your sense of equilibrium okay so be careful uh, about the square between mercury and mars okay and that's going to happen for you scorpio rising in your second house and your fifth house so this could also be something where just be careful with your spending. Um, you may be very aggressive about spending on something that brings you joy, uh, but with Mars out of bounds, but Mercury retrograde there is going to say, well, is this really, is this really what, do you, can you really afford this? Do you really need this? Like just, I would be careful about uh, aggressively pursuing something that you think will make you happy, but may be an illusion. Jupiter is going to station direct in your seventh house on December the 30th. So that's good news for partnerships. If, if you've been waiting to make some plans with a partner, um, that will help move things forward as well. Okay, and then you can see Venus moving into your second house, but making a square to Saturn. Again, if you've been aggressive about spending, that square to Saturn is going to be a little bit of a reality check with your budget. So be careful with that. Um, Scorpio rising again is another Mars ruled ascendant. So the, the good news is, is that if you are able to, to maintain your composure with your resources, once Mars moves into Capricorn, you might be able to be much more strategic about it. So I would say if you're contemplating like huge purchases, and I know sometimes you can't always wait, but um, I, I think you might do better once Mars has moved into Capricorn and you're able to be strategic about it, the delayed gratification part of that might be much easier and more important. Okay. And finally, 
Sag Risings. Thanks for your patience, Sag Risings. We, we do something where we start with the rising sign where the sun is in, so everyone gets a turn being first and last. Like Ricky Bobby would say, if you're not first, you're last. But, <laughs> but you know, we each get a turn in the pole position. <laughs> um, uh, thank you, friends, for your chats and contributions. Cookerzilla says, sharing this because it may be helpful for your audience. Scorpio transit into Venus gave me the power to say goodbye to a cannabis addiction I was very unhappy about. Scorpio and Venus gets bad rap by people but truly believe that can do I could do that without it. Yes. Yes, Cookerzilla. I love that. I love that story. I love that you were able to recognize something that wasn't working for you and that, you know, you, you were able to release it and that will free up energy. And like I said, this there's no shame in that. I mean, sometimes we all get involved with things that eventually that at one point brought us pleasure, right? That's the essence to me of Scorpio 3 you know, at one point we enjoy doing that, you know, whether it's cannabis or whether it's something like alcohol or whether it's a game or like, you know, there's a reason why we got involved in it in the first place or a relationship we're attached to. But eventually if it becomes unhealthy, the ability to recognize it and, and cut ties will, will bring you a new sense of vitality if, if what you were doing before was not. So congratulations on that friend. And, um, uh, you know, I've I've gone gone through a, a period or two with the 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 devil's lettuce, <laughs> but you know, I I don't think I've gotten super involved in it. Like, but maybe in my younger days, I had a few a few partakings. Um, but for me, like, man, I, I just I, I tend to do things very intensely, and but I think that one of the things that I've always appreciated about my personality is that I recognize very quickly if I'm going off the rails with something and uh, the Virgo parts of me are like, uh, 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 nope, you can't, you can't go too far down that direction. So um, thankfully I haven't gone too far down that, but I know that everyone is different. Everyone's temperament is different and um, I, I'm rooting for you, Wh whichever, whichever way uh, works out for you. So, let's see. Oh, Cookerzilla says, mind you, this was after a Venus retrograde in Leo, and it felt absolutely impossible to quit during that retrograde. Yeah, no shame, just goodbye. Exactly, exactly, Cookerzilla. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, happened exactly when you needed it to. Yep, for sure. Um, and it's tough. Like, like, here's the thing. I know that for some people, different... Have, they have different relationships with with different um, ways of seeking pleasure. For some people, you know, like cannabis is something that helps release a lot of anxiety and it's medicine for them. So I, I'm I'm not someone who's demonizing any of that stuff. I just think that uh, we each have our relationship with these um, substances, games, whatever it is. And for some people, like here's an example, just admitting my own vulnerability. For some people, playing a little video game on their phone is like a 10-minute diversion. That They're like, oh, I just have a few minutes. I can play this game for 10 minutes, and then I'm done. They're not attached to it. Whereas, like, yours truly is a grinder, where it's like, oh, no, I, I have to be good at this, or I'm not doing something correctly, right? So I know that about myself, and that's why I have to set 
strong limits with things like that to the point of like, I've gone through different phases where I've deleted every single game I have on my phone. I don't, I don't have a gaming system, but I get sucked into the, the phone games. And those are actually kind of the worst because those are the ones that are designed to keep you staring at your phone. And like I said, I've gone through different phases where I'm just like, I just can't do, I can't do any of it. I have to go cold turkey. It's probably going to happen again, to be honest with you. Um, okay, Sedge Rising, you've been so patient. Uh, thank you for being patient. Uh, Steven says, quit being a shopaholic. <laughs> shopaholic, yes. Yeah, every, yeah, retail therapy, right? Right, Steven? Um, every, like I said, everyone's got their thing. And no, no shame and no, no judgment on it. We're all, we're all trying to, to survive in this late-stage capitalistic hellscape. <laughs> So I just can't begrudge anybody like try to find a few moments of joy and pleasure here and there. Um, but I digress. So Sag Rising, you have a full moon in your second and your eighth house. So there's a focal point on your, like so Stephen says Sagittarius Rising, there might be a focus on your, your budget, like what you spend your money on. And whether, how, do you, how are you going to set limits around that and create the structures that you want so you have a healthy uh, financial foundation. And you may also be finding uh, emotional resources and support from the resources of a partner as well and trying to balance out what you need for yourself and what you uh, provide for somebody else. Jupiter is going to be stationing direct in your sixth house. So you may be able to uh, start taking actions that could bring you a better sense of health and well-being potentially. You may also be able to set healthy boundaries and routines around work that you do, um, that you're kind of grinding on. Um, I, sixth house is sort of a work that you do that you're not getting a ton of credit for, but it is the work that you need to do to bring something to completion. So you may have a better idea of what you need to do to bring something to completion uh, with Jupiter stationing direct. And, and, and this is important too for you, Sag Rising, as Jupiter is the ruler of your ascendant. So you may be getting a really good movement and moving forward again, knowing what you need to stay healthy and to not burn yourself out. Um, I would also say that this could also be a time where you're, if you've been working with somebody, sixth house in modern times, I, you know, ancient astrologers would call it the house of your slavery, all right, or, or like beasts of, uh, that did jobs for you, <laughs> like, like the small animals, like, goats and chickens and stuff like that. But in modern sensibilities, we can think of it as like people that we might hire to do a service for us, like a, like I said, like a doctor or like a, like, I don't know, um, a builder, a mechanic, somebody like that. So if you've been having a problem where you felt stuck with some a service provider, that might start moving forward again as well. And it could be related to your home. Like I, I, this is like contractors, right? So because Jupiter rules your fourth house, there might be something that's moving forward again with a contractor with your home also. All right, let's see. Steven says, Sag rising here with Venus and Pisces, Sun and Pisces, Jupiter and Scorpio. December 31st can't come fast enough. Jupiter retrograde has slowed me down. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. But that, that there's value in that though, right? Um, there's value in slowing down and about reevaluating how we're, we're going. A lot of times the Sagittarius energy, Stephen, is go, 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 go. And, you know, think about the Ten of Wands where someone's just trying to carry all those sticks and they're not even looking where they're going. 
So sometimes the slowing down helps you to understand where you're going so that the actions that you take can be more efficient or more in alignment with, with, with your higher self or with your belief systems. Um, Sag Risings have also had Saturn in the fourth house. So they've been dealing with uh, some reality checks around their home, their family, um, their, their origins, their origin stories, all of these things. Um, I would be careful with the squares between Mars and Mercury. Now, here is something to, to think about, Sag Risings. Um, Mercury retrograde in Sagittarius and Mars out of bounds in Sagittarius squaring Neptune. Oftentimes, Sagittarius has been categorized as a, a blunt sign. And there could be some extra juice behind your blurtings. <laughs> like, you have to be careful about that. Um, if you're getting into conflict with someone, if you're expressing a negative opinion, this could, this could lead to some real challenges. So just kind of think before you speak, if you can, so that you don't get yourself in, an, in, a, in a difficult argument, especially with like family and, and things of that nature. Um, the good news is, is that Venus is going to be moving into your first house. And as Cooker Zillow was talking about earlier, you know, Venus and Scorpio natally has helped them uh, release an, an addiction that wasn't working for them anymore. And, and maybe this period of time with Venus moving into Sagittarius, from releasing a bad habit or something that just wasn't bringing you vitality anymore, that will release that energy to... to help you to direct it in a way that will be healthy moving forward. The, the only thing I will say uh, is that Venus is going to be moving into a square with Saturn. So that liberated energy is going to want to move and go fast right away, but take your time because you're going to have to, to consider the ramifications of your personal actions on your family, on your living situation, and things of that nature. So it's okay to take a few deep breaths. Uh, Steven says, oh yeah, I appreciate that. I used to be the go, go, go type. And as I'm in my 50s, I love this. Foot and mouth is never fun. Yeah, right. Foot and mouth disease. I, I've, I've experienced it. Um, and I have some Sagittarius people in my life. My partner is a Sagittarius sun and my daughter is a Sag moon. And we've had, you know, We've had to have some conversations about that type of experience. But I think that if you heed the advice that the planets are trying to give us right now, which is slow down and think before you'd speak, ask questions rather than making declarative statements, especially if it's something where you're expressing negativity, because you might be expressing an opinion that isn't based on all of the facts, especially because of the Mars-Mercury square with Neptune, okay? So, so try not to get your blood riled up without getting all the information first. Does that make sense? And, and that'll save us a lot of pain and heartache. For, for me, I, the, the Sag people in my life, when they get worked up about something or when they do the foot and mouth thing, oftentimes the fallout is really painful for them. And, and they, they don't mean to be confrontational. They're just kind of bl bluntly stating what they view as a truth. And sometimes it is a truth, and sometimes it's their opinion. And you have to know the difference between those two things. Um, 
And the way that you can do that is getting a consensus reality with somebody else. Okay, that, that's what Gemini does. It's trying to communicate the, the, the balancing force, right? It's trying to communicate to see what our consensus reality is rather than our subjective reality. And if you're able to do that, then it, it saves us from that, uh, that really the challenge of like making too many assumptions. Okay, KP 1231 says, Sag rising with Saturn scoring ascendant currently Jupiter going direct uh, will be a great December 31st birthday present. Yay, happy birthday, KP 1231. That will be wonderful having that stationing direct in your chart. That'll be fun. The stuff, stuff's going to start moving forward for you, my friend. All right. Well, I think we got through all of the rising signs here. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me there. We're going to do two more things before we end today. Um, First, before I get to the animal and the I Ching, do me a huge favor. If you haven't liked this video yet, please hit the like button. It really does help with the algorithm. You got to please those digital algorithmic gods. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you're new here. We go live pretty much every week. I mean, I take a week off once every two years or so, <laughs> but mostly we're here every week or, you know, at the end of the week, mostly Fridays. Sometimes we'll make an adjustment if my schedule is different, but you can pretty much count on Friday between 1 and 2 o'clock going live. Um, and then, uh, yeah, if you want to make a donation to the work that I'm doing, we've had some generous gifts to the channel here today. appreciate all of you. There's a little dollar sign in this. It's called Super Sticker or Super Chat. Or you can buy me coffee after the fact at buymecoffee.com. I'm also open for readings right now, too. So if you're needing some extra guidance, check out my website, spencermichaud.com, to be able to schedule either a natal reading if you want to know what your lifelong natal narrative and mythology has to say for you or if you need some guidance in the next few months i do transit readings and things of that nature i also do single question types of things if you have one particular issue you want to focus on there's a lot of options so check that out as well um also last little advertisement 20 percent off the decans of capricorn uh webinar if you are enjoying the things i've talked about with capricorn but you want to dive deeper uh, it's a three-hour three webinar where I talk all things Capricorn, including the tarot, decans, fixed stars, um, mythology. Uh, it's, a, it's a tour de force of Capricorn. <laughs> and uh, my beautiful partner, Tanya Andrews, has a 25% off sale for the end of the year until Christmas at Third Coast Mojo. So go support her as well. And uh, they make great little stocking stuffers and Christmas presents if you need something for your magically inclined uh, family member or friend. Steven says, question, which zodiacal sign do you consider to be the Karens? The Karens. Um, are you meaning Karens like, like, like white women that, that uh, try, try to assert themselves in weird situations? Is that what you mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know, Stephen. I think everybody can be a Karen. <laughs> I think every sign can be a Karen in various circumstances. Uh, <laughs> that's fun. But um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough to say. Uh, I will say that a Karen, quote unquote, oh, and thank you for the super sticker, KP1231. Um, yeah, up, uptight person and doesn't I think a Karen doesn't necessarily have to be male or female or of a certain demographic like a Karen can be someone who is uptight and like 
you know, thinks that they know something. Um, and I think that there's a lot of, uh, it could be Jupiter, you know, energy with, with Karenism. Although, like I said, it's very dangerous to make a blanket statement about a planet or a sign and try to ascribe it to a negative character flaw or trait. So I'm going to plead the fifth on that one, Stephen, you know, um, and, and uh, <laughs> move on. Sorry, getting going out the rails here. Thank you, KP, for the super sticker. Um, we got to finish this one up, friends. So the, the hexagram that I got for you for the full moon in Capricorn or in Cancer 1. Sorry, I'm just kind of getting fatigued. We're, we're heading into hour three here. Uh, I got abundance, which is hexagram number 55, which translates to zenith, fullness, splendor, plenty, being generous, acting decisively, living in the present, and making the most of good times. So the abundance to me, that hexagram speaks to a, an opportune moment where we have like the, the height of something, um, which is ironic because the sun is actually at its lowest point during the solstice. Um, and we have a, a number of changing lines so the first changing, let's see, the first changing line here says, Abundance is screened so completely that no one can see the pole stars at noon. If one sets forth, he meets with enmity and distrust. But if one has sincerity, that shoots forth like an arrow, good fortune comes. Um, so this is a, a, a changing line that speaks to our abilities not necessarily being recognized and like your light being hidden, which does make sense with the solstice because the, the sun is sort of at its weakest position in the in declination arrangement. So I feel like this is one changing line that's telling us that we just need to be sincere, we need to be truthful, and just because our, our worth and our value might not be recognized right now does not mean that we shouldn't do the right thing, okay? Like this is something that I've seen Capricorns do over and over and over again is uh, they just kind of keep showing up and they have the long term in in regards. They they don't necessarily need the accolades right away. They just got, they show up, they do their work, and eventually that work pays off. Saturn rewards consistency over time. So that might be part of what we're getting with this changing line. Uh, the next changing line, and there's like four of them. This is a, a very active hexagram. It says, abundance is shaded so completely that one can see the dimmest, dimmest stars at noon. He breaks his right arm, no blame. So this line is describing a total eclipse, which blots out light and energy. So we may be experiencing something at this full moon where we are having some kind of a eclipse of our, of our energy, of our influence, or that there may be some a, a petty influence that could come into the, into the equation. So we need to make sure that we're not stooping to someone's level if, if we are experiencing that as well. So if there's something that is outside of your control, patience is required. It's, it's, it's encouraging us towards patience and that things will improve eventually if we, we stick to our integrity. The line at the fifth place is changing. It says, beauty and brilliance come forward. Blessing and fame draw near. Good fortune. Now, if some of these seem contradictory, the I Ching, I like to read the I Ching from the bottom up. So you could see it as a narrative. So we could see that we might, our brilliance might not be recognized in the beginning, but eventually over time, 
we're going to see beauty and brilliance come forward, blessings and fame, draw near good fortune. So this is something where we may have people coming out to support us eventually, which is what we see in the two of, of cups, like the emotional support that we need to ascend the mountain, like the support that Samwise Gamgee gave to Frodo to, so that he could complete his mission, right? So this is something where if you are able to be kind to the people in your community, they will come to your aid. Like, don't underestimate the, the value of appreciating the people that you have in your life. This is, I think this is important balancing energy for Capricorn ambition, is acknowledging the support that we have in our life. Because, like I said, it's very difficult. You can make it more difficult to try to achieve something on your own than opening yourself up to a little bit of help sometimes. And then finally, the top line says, abundance in his house. He screens off his family. He peers through the door, lonely and abandoned. For three years, he sees no one, misfortune. So this talks about a time of abundance potentially ending. And it's a warning. It's saying that, that the times of plenty are ending because of people's selfishness. So if you become short-sighted during this period of time and you try to, to accumulate like all the resources and claim, fame, you know, ambition for yourself, that can be plant the seed of its opposite. If you study Taoism, you know, you see in that, that symbol of the Tao, the seed of the dark planted in the ex excess of light or the seed of light planted in the excess of darkness. So if you have an excess of, amb of ambition, uh, you, yeah, you might reach the, the, the peak, but it might also be planting the seed of your future downfall. So be careful not to become arrogant or ruthless or stubborn in your pursuits and, and share the spotlight, share the glory, uh, temper your ambitions if you are getting too fixated on going forward. Okay. My dad is a wise person and I always kind of berated him in my youth because he seemed, he's a Pisces and he has a Taurus rising and he always seemed just like happy with what I considered at the time mediocrity. And as I've gotten older, what I've learned is that he is, he's sort of like Jerry Gergich. <laughs> if you watch Parks and Rec, um, that character is to me like the epitome of a Pisces. Um, he was, he, he kind of kept his head low and just went and did his job and then had a really nice like, like home life, personal life. And he didn't want to ascend to the peak of his whatever. He works in aerospace. He helps do logistics for airplane repairs but he didn't want to ascend the corporate ladder because he's like, you know what? You ascend that, that ladder too high, then eventually people are coming for you. And that's not what I want in my life. I don't want that stress. So he just did his job. And like, I'm starting to realize like that, man, there's such wisdom in that. Like there is a hexagram line uh, in hexagram 62, where they say that the, the flying bird that flies too high loses their song. And I think that that's good advice for Capricorn is yes, Ambition is important. Yes, striving uh, can bring us closer to our goals. But when we overly strive, that's where we're planting the seed of our, un our self-undoing. Um, so sometimes the lesson there is gratitude. 
gratitude for what you have rather than what you don't. And I think that's part of what this is teaching us through the I Ching here. And finally, this is all of these changing lines are changing the hexagram number 10, which translates to treading or treading on the tiger's tail or conduct, circumspection, uh, treading carefully. And a tiger is a dangerous animal. Ironically enough, the tiger was the animal that I pulled. So I pulled the hexagram that was associated with the tiger and I pulled the tiger randomly as an animal as well. So a tiger is a hunter and a tiger is also a dangerous predator. And in the I Ching, you're following something dangerous and you have to be careful. If you get too close to it, it'll bite you, right? If you respect the tiger and you act appropriately around you around it, you can be safe. So this advice I'm giving you today is not to, to release all ambition. The advice is to pursue it in a balanced way to appreciate the people and the milestones that you've achieved along the way to appreciate the community that you're a part of because it's a lot more fun to pursue a goal with your friends and family rather than to to alienate them through uh, being overly ambitious and, and hardened okay so if we are able to act correctly in the pursuit of our goals, we will have more success than if we are ruthlessly pursuing them at all cost, stepping on people on the way. You step on people on the way to your goals, eventually you will become a stepping stone for someone else and they will crush you. So important to keep in mind. Um, so I hope that was helpful for you today. The tiger, the tiger is a symbol of strength, beauty, uniqueness, um, but also of danger, right? Of also something that it is, it deserves respect. The tiger also can represent sexuality. So it's kind of like maybe we need to improve our image or like spruce up what we're doing to, to be able to go where we need to go. Sometimes we have great content but like the package needs a little bit of sprucing up. And that's also not a bad Capricorn use of our energy is, is really like uh, maybe changing our delivery style and the structures of our delivery so that the content that we have or the wisdom that we have to share is able to be delivered in the way that will be received by who it is meant for. Okay, that's what I've got for you today. Um, KP says, I'm a Mars and Pisces, and I totally agree about your dad's outlook. Very wise. Uh, more ambition, more problems. I mean, that's what he's been preaching to me since I was a little kid. And again, as a Leo rising, uh, that message was difficult to hear at various times because Leo energy is about, I mean, it's the ambition of the sun. It's, it's wanting to dominate rather than to just go along with stuff. And um, it's been really nice connecting with my dad as an adult and uh, validating that perspective from him. Um, my dad, I'll just give my dad a shout out. I doubt he watches this, but he's retiring this year. He's probably this week. He's retiring this week from, he's spent uh, 30 plus years doing like customer service. Like he's the most patient, um, 
Oh, shit, I'm going to get ch choked up just talking about my dad. He's a super patient guy who really helps facilitate, um, you know, a lot of kindness in the world. And um, I love him a lot. And happy retirement, Dad. And I hope that you're able to go on your birding trips and see all the birds that you want to see in your retirement. And I'm looking forward to, to going on those trips with you. So that's what I've got for you all today. And uh, hang in there, friends. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday, however you spend it, whether you're having a beautiful solstice today and uh, have a good Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever holiday you're celebrating, or if you don't celebrate anything, I hope that you're just having a beautiful Capricorn season. And tell the people that you love that you love them and acknowledge the support that you've received in your life because um, time is fleeting, friends. And like Precus, the king of the Capricorn sea goats, it's, you can't turn back time. The, the, there is a, time is limited. So make the best of it. And um, yeah, that's what I've got. All right, friends, we will see you the next time. Remember, 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 be kind to one another, be kind to yourself and uh, practice good self-care as you are scaling the mountains of your life and appreciate the Samwise Gamgees that you have supporting you along the way as well. Take care. Peace.